This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. And then Shibata comes back with Chappin' fucking. That's a tremendous conversation. And Rich Prage. I live a horrible existence, so. All right, stop. Triple A. Very hard on yourself just for never yeah. being on a boat. I mean, uh, well, I, you know, why don't I know anybody who owns a boat? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krage. He's Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. So I got a question for you, Joe. Right. You are, the, the the house you currently live in, you are the only resident that has ever lived in that house, correct? Nobody else lived at that address that you know of. You mean, am I the original owner of the house? Correct. That's probably a better way to ask the question. Yes. Are you the original owner of the house you're in right now? Correct. Okay. I am not. The house I am in has been lived in by many, many people. It was born, it was born, it was built in like the 1950s. It's gone through a bunch of different people or whatever. And as such, I get a ton of other people's mail constantly, including Joe Christmas cards. If you open up someone else's mail, that's a felony. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Now, it's addressed to your house. It's my house, my address. I didn't know. I just opened it. So I don't know the legalities on that. Because it is addressed to your house. I'm sick Listen, of this. you don't know. You've got your little envelope. This could opener. be for me. I don't know. I I opened. That's right. I opened you, this you. envelope, and I was to my surprise. I don't know these people, but I didn't know that when I opened the envelope. You so. just go envelope by envelope, and you're just you just open your mail. Yeah, I have the forward. I have the little cutter that you do the little. Sk- I was gonna I have, say, yeah, right. do you have the little envelope opener? <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't have I, one of those. I literally open maybe four pieces of mail a month. 95% well, of it goes right in the trash without ever being opened or just ripped up immediately. Or if it's necessary, I just put my finger in there and just rip a goddamn giant paper cut on my finger to, to open it. So. I mean, okay. Well, now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah. You need one of those little envelope opener gimmicks. Um, those do cut well, though, man. If I it's just nice little. The OCD in me just loves the slice of a nice envelope I opener. I feel like back in the 30s, those doubled as murder weapons. Right when people were actually using those things. Well, then they were probably just using straight up knives at that point, right? Just a straight blade. Yeah, just, I think so. Because yeah. it'd be hard to it'd be hard to murder somebody with the ones they have now because they have like the plastic covers on them and stuff. But I suppose you could break it apart and stab somebody with the the blade. So you know a lot about envelope openers for a man who claims not to own one. This, <laughs> well, this... I've used them before. It's not like I, just because I don't currently own one doesn't mean I don't know anything about envelope openers. I don't know too many details. This is very. Uh... As they say on the streets, sus. Right? <laughs> Very sus. Yeah. We're going to say a lot of things that the kids are as, saying these days. I as can't they wait. Say so. on, as they say on NXT 2.0, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're sounding very sus, Rich. They, would, they have not said that on NXT 2.0. And, and, and in the current rate of like pop culture relevancy that NXT uh, 2.0 has, they're not going to say sus until like 2027 on that show. So Yeah, they're um, way behind. Yeah, they're at least six or seven years behind. Pretty sure, pretty sure Vic Joseph dropped a mad dope the other day. So <laughs> they're they're a little behind. They're still in the nineties. It is a leather jacket. Um, well, <laughs> no, they, they're cool clothes from their own clo- from definitely from their own closets, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Definitely their own cool clothes from what is definitely their own closets, and not what WWE is providing them and and their idea of what cool clothes is. Because Wade Barrett, Wade Barrett. <laughs> 
would definitely wear like uh what was the t-shirt he was wearing the other day of one of those uh nxt wrestlers do you remember which one it was? oh yeah shoot yeah. What, which, which one was it it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> regardless the point here is he would not be wearing that on his no. own underneath a suit jacket like you know that that's not what way Barrett like wears out on a date. Is he married or does he go on dates? Uh, Wade. Bar- I don't know the current relationship status of uh, one Wade Barrett. Not cl- no, no idea. Who? Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. Bad news. You can't say the R's. <laughs> the Brits don't say the R's. They don't. They do not. No. So, um, yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. You. you they. You, you caught me. They wouldn't say sus. That's. Because that's what people really are saying. Right, <laughs> right. that's the so, current pop culture, you know, that, that's a current phrase. So there's no way um, right. they would do that. So, but they, uh, as, Sean Cedar, as, wearing... as, as Sean Cedar points out in the chat room, they do say drip for their new merchandise, which. Well, no one says drip anymore. Is only... that true? I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm officially that's at the true. age where I don't get it anymore. So the only people that say drip are people in wrestling. Those are the <laughs> only people that say drip anymore. No one says drip. Um, I'm told it was a toxic attraction. <laughs> He's a big fan of JC Jane or whatever the hell. So, yeah. Yeah. GG Dolan. Uh, so, I mean, I could see Wade. I could see Wade shooting a shot with a toxic attraction shirt. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Um, Isn't he like 20 years old? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, they're all, I mean, they're legal adults, you know? What, you know? Hey, rich the libertarian over here. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the worst that could happen is he bangs one of them. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, and you know, no, well, no. Just goes and hangs out with him. I don't talk about banging. Oh, just, you know, no, hangs out. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're just gonna go catch some catch pool. a movie. Catch a movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Understood. Spider Man, whatever the new fucking dumb Spider Man movie is, they're gonna go watch yeah. that one. So go see the new Spider Man with the. Uh, I, um. Oh, you know, my five year old said "sus" the other day. Oh, well, now you know. He caught it from the YouTube videos wow. that he was watching all the time. Man. He goes, that's sus, Dad. That's sus. Ooh. I said, what'd you just say? He called you mid, too? <laughs> You're mid, Dad. Hasn't dropped a mid yet, but. <laughs> Hopefully not, yeah. That's... He said something was sus. He said man. something was sus. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember. He's five? And he's... Why, but... Wow. Yeah. Well, not even. He doesn't turn five in for like two weeks. <laughs> he's dropping he's sus on you. Holy he dropped crap. dropping sus. Yeah, he goes, that's sus, Dad. That's sus. He, they, they, they watch YouTube. Yeah, he, he watches these. Uh, you got to help me out here. What? It, it, he, he's into this Minecraft. Okay. At yeah, yeah. four years old. Yeah. Is this bad for a four year old? No, no, no. Minecraft's good. Minecraft's it's fine. Good. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, Minecraft's what good. What about it's... Minecraft YouTube videos with these dorks with their faces in the corner and they're playing Minecraft? I think get, that's uh... fine. Yeah, Minecraft's a fun. I mean, it's all about like building stuff and collecting resources and doing that. Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty okay game for for children. I would I would have almost no problem if if a kid. Like, I personally, yeah, I think it's not a bad thing at all if, if a kid got into Minecraft. I don't know about watching other people play Minecraft. I don't know if yeah, it's the same. Yeah, he watches play on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not sure if that gives you the same amount of, like, you know, um, you know, brain activity that, like, actually playing it would. But, you know, hey, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. So There's well, worse things he could be watching. He could be watching Call of Duty videos. So, you know, hey, Minecraft's not bad. Well, he's playing the game on his tablet and I'm okay like, yeah no no it's a fine game it's fine for I'm like how do you win he's like you don't you win. don't win idiot like, wh- what's the point uh, like what what's happening here like what are you doing you don't win you just build and he's talking about pickaxes and yeah i'm like well, wh- well what's the point there has to be a way to win so I you, you want the kill it. screen you want the minecraft kill screen to know that the game is over well, yeah, well, like, what the fuck is the point? So, 
I Googled it, and I brought him over. I said, get over here, four-year-old. You're wrong. You can win. You have to kill something. You killed a big monster. Yeah, you killed a big monster whatever, right? The Ender Dragon is what it's called. Okay. I'm like, look. I'm like, get over here and look. I'm grabbing about a shirt collar. I'm like, look. See? You can win. You got to go through the portal and, and kill the Ender Dragon. So what's up, boy? And he said he wasn't aware of that. I'm like, well, you know, you watch all these videos and you play the game. You know, you, you figure you'd know how to win the game. Doesn't make sense to me. When I played Tecmo Super Bowl, Rich, I knew how to win. I knew what the objective was. It was to win the fucking Super Bowl at the end. Right? Run up as many rushing yards as you can get. I asked this kid. He's like, oh, you don't win. Like, what the fuck is the point? Now I'm aggravated about this Minecraft. Nice, sounds like a nice little Christmas card. You get to hang it up on the fucking. I might, I might. You know what? Because because I don't get actual Christmas. Nobody sends me Christmas cards. Because none of my friends send me Christmas cards. No. My parents don't send me. Because why would they send me a Christmas card? Like my family. I sometimes will get some trickles from a family member or two. But even those have slowed down because they're like, Rich is kind of an asshole, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't go to their yeah. dumb parties and stuff, so I don't get like these cards. So uh, I, it, I never, it's starting to dwindle. I, it's starting to dwindle for sure. I used to get dozens and then i never sent one back ever so <laughs> that's now probably I, the same thing that so they would slowly trickle now i get like two yeah you still have the persistent family members who are they're just gonna send one anyway and they probably have no clue that you're even sending one back they're just so wrapped up in their own ego and send in their oh own. yeah 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 my mom got has has gotten this one from this one person that she worked with like 40 years ago, like, like legitimately 40 years ago, she worked with this person and every yeah. single year, boom, here it is. And here I am with six paragraphs about what all, all my dumb kids are doing and what big 10 colleges they're graduating from and what dumb jobs they have. And it's just like, and my yeah. mom has never sent one back, never said, thank you. Doesn't know this person's number. Does it like, it's a one way conversation every single time. But you, you got to imagine like if my mom is still getting those cards from this lady that she worked with 40 years ago, can you imagine how many of these things? She's churning out. That's what I mean. So that woman has no clue who's sending back and who isn't. No, is. yeah, she can't. It, yeah, yeah. We get two. There's one one aunt on my side who who sends it every year, and then Brittany has a cousin on her side, the one that has the son named Shooter. Shooter. Oh, oh I'm glad Shooter sends a card. That's good. Yeah, the Shooter family, we get one from uh, <laughs> the kid named Shooter. Uh, it makes Mason Wesley really sound a little bit more distinguished when... I mean, it's going to be ironic when he literally turns into one, you know, because if your name's Shooter, well, uh, let's not go down that road. But, uh, yeah, the the kids kids call him Shoo Shoo. They refuse to call him Shooter. Shoo Shoo. Yeah. So. um, And this is a a human, not a dog. This is a a human being. This is a human. This is a four-year-old human being named Mm -hmm. Shooter. Cowboy hat rocking four year old. This kid actually sounds awesome, by the way. <laughs> I've never met he actually rocks. That kid's gonna fucking that kid's gonna slay for the next like I, twenty I, years. I, never had a never had a conversation with him. I don't yeah. know. Shooter's gonna uh, slay. Once yeah. he gets to middle school and high school, that dude, shooter's gonna rock. Like, there's no doubt about it. Oh, you think with the ladies. Yeah, I think so. His, his name is Shooter. His... You know what I mean? Name is Shooter. He's gonna have his little hat. He's gonna have his Star Stranglers, <laughs> right. little knife on his belt. Yeah, right? exactly. Shooter's gonna kill it. Shoo Shoo. is probably killing it at the daycare right now. He's gonna be crushing it, Shoo Shoo, huh? I think All so. Right, maybe it's possible. We are talking about a four-year-old uh, here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah well, you know. 
Um, we're stalling for time because we're going to wait for Dynamite to end, and then we're going to really get the show going. So the first two no, hours listen, of the show are going to be garbage. We're not going to do that because oh. if you blew us off for Dynamite, it serves you right. And, by and we know who you are. We have names. We know names. We know who you are. And by the time you jump into this show, you're going to have to listen to the NWA Hard Times <laughs> Hard 2 time. review. We're you're talking not getting about the good stuff. The living legend Molina, and yeah, you're going to just have to deal with that. So. <laughs> you want the good stuff? You show up on time. Okay? That's how it works around here. So, you uh, want the, the big Gunner track. versus Bram uh, sh- <laughs> grudge match? Then, yeah, you're gonna have to, that's what you're going to get. So, I, Yes. Anyway. Without question. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that show. About Bram versus uh, Gunner. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a show. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to definitely – I think we definitely have to make that. Like, I'm going to keep my eye on the clock, and I think we need to start that like at 9 o'clock on the dot. Just Wait, so I people – I don't think Bram and Gunner were on that show, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just Bram, right? Uh, no, Gunner. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. Gunner wasn't on there. Gunner was not on there. Neither Gunner. <laughs> All right, Gunner. Yeah, right. Gun- yeah, right, right. There's right. multiple Gunners running around yeah. for a while there. I think one got canceled. Um, uh, didn't they both get canceled? I guess Jackson, Jackson Riker, Jackson Riker. Yeah, he's uh, the other Gunner. He's the yeah, other, he... other Gunner. Yeah, I think the first Gunner got canceled, too. I think they both kind of. Well, okay. The, the, the one Gunner got real canceled. Like, he's just gone. Now. Yes, correct, correct. The other gunner got canceled, but like the way that normal people use the term canceled. Like everybody just said, you suck, dude. And then like, it just kind of went away. And now everyone hates him. And, but he's, but he was still like on the roster, but like he got canceled in the sense that most people consider he got Joe Lanza canceled. Like he got canceled. Right. But like, you'll have these extreme leftists be like, well, no one really gets canceled. But when people say someone's canceled, they don't mean that they have spontaneously combusted and they're off the earth. When people say someone's canceled, they just mean that they got dogpiled and fucking canceled. And that's what happened to the one gunner. But the other gunner, like, really got canceled. Yeah, got you're, canceled. you're right. You're right. And I, when, when I said – I meant to say Magnus when I said gunner, and I've, I've created a, well, a very confusing – how uh, dare you confuse these 2011 <laughs> – TNA. TNA British invasion. This British invasion uh, <laughs> names. And you could also be thinking of Murphy. Didn't Murphy team with Gunner? Yeah, he Murphy was. was yeah, Murphy, Gunner, and Murphy. Yeah, and that's that is Judas, who was also on this show. On the so, show. Yeah. Right. So, so a who's yeah. who of of 2011 Impact for sure, which is always something you want. Yes. <laughs> the successful uh, strategy is always to. Uh, do as much to, of, of 2011 impact as you possibly can. So, Who was the one with the signed a new contract meme? Bram. Bram. That was Bram. Yeah, that, that was Bram. the one with <laughs> John Gaborik and, and Bram all the time. Tom Latimer, right? Yeah. Tom Latimer. Yeah. Is the, <laughs> DNA has re-signed Bram, right? Like every <laughs> every six months they'd re-signed Bram. That was... <laughs> Hot debate. Yeah, and, and it was tough. It was tough yeah. getting at the table and, and coming to terms with Bram, though. I mean, he had a lot of suitors out there, obviously. I can still picture that, that photo of <laughs> John Bram. John he's all, like, sunburnt and, and whatnot. He's sitting there shaking Bram's hand in front of the Impact, the Blue Impact, you know, video board. And just kind of saying, we've come to terms on a new contract with Bram. <laughs> do you remember the... Uh, do you remember the Dixie Carter, TJ Perkins, MILF porn setup? Uh, video. Yes. Do you remember that one? I do. I do. <laughs> Which was totally like the first eight minutes of a milf porn. And, you know, <laughs> it, was like, it was just like a white wall, right? 
Yeah, there's just an empty room with a fucking. And she's like, "Hey, table. TJ," and he's like, "Hey, Dixie." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like being all shy and like all shucks. About yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. And she's doing all the talking, you know. And uh, it, it was just. It, you and know, it was and, a pretty. If I remember correctly, it was a, it was a mildly revealing blouse as well. It wasn't, you know. It, it he was... looked like the kind of guy that'd be in a milf porn, and <laughs> For she looked sure, like. Yeah. She looked. She had the look of a lady. That yes, stepmom teaches son. <laughs> you know, Absolutely, like, like one of those you know? bizarre was... stepmom ones that they have. Yeah, this would have been like a workplace version, but it was totally like a right, right, right. You know, or or stepmom, uh, you know, with the friend with the, <laughs> right. the son's yeah, friend, right. like that one. That's what it was. You know, it was a totally a setup for that. I want, that's still got to be on YouTube somewhere, right? It, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, if you look up TNA yeah. President Dixie Carter presents TJ Perkins, parentheses, AK Manic, parentheses, with his TNA contracts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Let's, you know, should we just play it? Fuck it. Let's play it. What are we doing here? We're not doing anything. All right. People can't hear it. So you won't, well, no, they will be able to hear it. You will not, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, what the fuck? Well, hold on. Let me pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. Pull it up. Out. We can do the duel. Yeah, pull it up. Um, all right, wait, all Do you need the link in our search? Google? Do you need the link in our Google? Hold on, hold on. I'm on, I'm on the YouTube. What's yeah, look the, up uh... TNA President Dixie Carter. Oh, it is so erotic. I forget. Just the, I told just the you, first yeah. image you get. She's like looking like, oh, she's. I think TJ could have sealed the deal here if he really wanted to. I mean, you know what? Really sealed the deal if you ask me. You know what I mean? Like that's. Oh, three minute video. Yeah. All right. All right. Is it one, two, three, go? Or. One, two, three, and hit it on the three, or hit one, two, three, go and hit it on the go. I think then hit on the go. Now, now have you gotten through the, the ad? The get through the ad. Get through the ad. Uh, hold on, let me hold on. Yeah, get through the ad. No, no, no ad, no ad. Hold okay, on, you're hold good. On. Okay, right. take, it to the, take it to the zero. Take it to the zero. Let me take it to the zero. He said, he says, "How you doing?" Hold on. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so on the three, do I hit play? No, go or Th- the... three or one, two, three, two, one, go. And we'll oh, do three, it. How about two, that? one, go. Yeah, Not let's one, do that. Two. Okay, so three, two, one, and then I'm hitting play when you say go. Yes, correct. Okay, all right. I think Are you I ready? Got it. All right. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. How are you doing? Are you doing good? Yes, I'm doing very well. Good. <laughs> um, this is such pro. I have this. been thinking about you so much since we talked. Oh, she's been thinking about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. Your yes. Story blew me away. You have worked so hard you brought me to tears look at him he's got like the head the the fucking yeah Um, all you've gone through you know i i wish and it's like eight years ago he looked like he was (laughs) he's so young looking think about all they've gone through and then to know what you've had to deal with just puts things in a whole totally his best friend's mom yeah right yeah that's the vibe she's putting out absolutely yeah you put it on you know you just shine and from the minute you've walked out, you've captured people and yeah. have brought cheers to that costume on a level we've never heard before. <laughs> he's just trying, so he's just trying to come over and, and play some video games. Yeah, right, right, right. She goes into the other room to, he's like going to the uh, refrigerator or whatever. She's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> just getting some snacks. <laughs> And no one more deserving. And the other part of this is look how humiliated he looks. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's biting this bottom lip the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, like he doesn't. He knows this video stinks. <laughs> yeah, right? no, yeah. You know, TJP knows that this video stinks. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. Thank you so much. Happy right. for you. Oh, here we go. Oh. You've worked hard for it. TJ's pulling back on that hug. Yeah. Let me tell you, he wasn't all in on that. 
He knows this right. thing. <laughs> no more sleeping on the. No more sleeping outside the venue. Oh, she's touching the leg. No, Here we go. So yeah, condescending. No more sleeping outside <laughs> the venue. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a workaholic, so now it'll be by choice if I do. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is this is. <laughs> not a, so not sorry. an all time promo from really? T.J. Perkins. Parentheses, wow. A.K.A. Manic. Parentheses. So. Well, Rich, he knows this thing. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't, and I don't think he's legit. I don't think he's like happy. No, he doesn't appear. It appears like they just let him know, like two minutes before, hey, we're gonna have you sign your contract, and and we're gonna do it on a YouTube video. So how far you come? His his 2013 non-exclusive impact contract. I'm not that kind of person, but I tell you what, I am gonna do. I'm gonna sign it. He knows everyone's gonna roast him for this. Yeah, for sure. That's the look on his face. He probably just got done arguing with me about Kobe, too, so he's extra upset. So Without question. That's the days when he was arguing with yes. me about Kobe. Right, ready to have some fun? Ready to have some fun? Uh, absolutely. Now, now it really gets to be fun. Oh! Don't ever forget how hard you worked to get to this point. You know, don't let that go to your head. Just... Always remember that. Yeah, he'd be plowing her on this table. For sure, yeah, by now, by three minutes in, yeah, for sure, yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Right, what you said, you're ready to have some fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. That's when the blouse comes off, and and, yeah, it's on, so there you go. Total setup of a MILF porn video. Absolutely. So hopefully hopefully you went and saw it on your own as well, so. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. That is, uh, that's an all-timer right there. Um, <laughs> I think we had this. I think in 2013 we did the same bit on the show. We probably did. It was awesome. <laughs> I will do that bit every year for every every five years. I'm fine doing that yes. bit because that is every a- eight years, like like a comet. We're gonna every eight years or so. We're gonna do that same exact bit again because uh, we definitely did that eight years ago in real. I remember doing that bit on this show with that uh, TJP <laughs> milf porn video. Uh, yeah. So that's the best take. Like they could, they didn't have another take. They couldn't like, like him no. being like, sh- sh- her saying, "Well, now you don't have to sleep outside the venue," and him going, "Well, uh, I'm a hard worker, so uh, now it'd be my choice." <laughs> you know, like, what yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's just he. he yeah, you're because was... he's a good, he's a decent enough talker, but he knew it sucked. He had no idea what to say. He's yeah. like, do I do? Do you want me to act like I'm actually excited about this non-exclusive impact contract? Like, it, it's yeah. Can I look at the contract? Can I look at the details? Like, what am I signing here? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. That, um... That's the other thing. Like, he obviously this wasn't sprung on him in this three minute video, so he has to not only pretend that he's excited about it, he has to pretend that she's presenting him with this big surprise too. So the whole thing is just a disaster from the start, and. You know that he's not all that excited about it. So, yeah, the whole thing was just a mess. <laughs> In front of the beige brick wall. It's uh, it's, uh, it's quite the scene. So, All right, there you go. That is our uh, flashback to uh, 2011. Just a little precursor of what you're going to get an hour through when we flashback to uh, 2011 TNA uh, as well with NWA Hard Times. But uh, let's get to, um, I guess, speaking of a flashback to 2011 TNA, this is a, a great segue to a flashback to uh uh, 2011 TNA, uh, Raw this week. The Raw rating was horrific. An abysmal rating for Raw, an absolutely horrible rating for NXT. We'll get to them in a bit. We're going to start with this Raw rating first off, though. 1,599 total viewers, but Whoa. that is, yeah, not I good. Sure hope it, 
I sure hope it was more than one thousand five hundred ninety-nine. Oh, million. sorry, one million. <laughs> what, did I say a thousand? Yes, it was yeah, yeah. slightly more than a thousand. One million five hundred ninety-nine thousand total viewers. But the more important number here: eighteen to forty-nine point three five four hundred and sixty-two thousand viewers. The lowest eighteen to forty-nine for Raw on record, Joe. Um, what else is there to say? I mean, it's the lowest rated Raw ever in the modern era. Um, and it's just, uh, it's so disappointing. You know, I, I talked about this on a solo show a couple weeks ago. Just the way the wrestling media handles this stuff. It's just so disappointing. I mean, this is, I, I, I woke up today and I, I woke up to a message from you with some of the stuff we were going to go over on the show. And then you said to me, um, and I guess we have to go over this raw rating because remember the raw rating was delayed a day. And I was like, I haven't even seen it. I just rolled out of bed and you sent it to me. This is at 1145 AM by the way, for, for the record. So why you got to call me out? <laughs> why you got to call me out like that? I'm a man of leisure. We all know this. So you send me the numbers and I see that point three five. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this show is completely – this is the lead topic. I mean, there's – how can this not be the lead topic? It's the all-time low rating for Monday Night Raw. It has to be the lead topic. So we're like, okay, yeah, we have to lead off the show with this. It's it's very obvious. And then I'm just, you know, perusing around, uh, catching up on the day. Uh, you know, and 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 looking at uh, Twitter and some of the, the the bigger websites, and we have uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Insider with the Mike Johnson, and what's his headline? Raw slightly down from last week is this man's headline. I uh, I have Raj Geary telling the world that uh, that that they made a star last night in Liv Morgan, and they need to follow up on that on that uh, star making performance from Liv Morgan which uh, drew the lowest Raw rating in the history of the show. Yeah, wait, wait, the- till we, wait till we get to the hour three and the demographics in that hour yeah. three, by the way, as well. Bloodbath. Bloodbath. Which, bath. by the way, Rich, did you see the match? I know you're uh, I, I did. Yeah, I did see the match. It well, was- you did. So you know that the crowd didn't give a fuck. No, and it was a perfectly, as, as your boy would say, the match was mid, Joe. So I have to listen <laughs> to some of the top pundits in star is born. Talk about how they made a star in Liv Morgan and how they got to keep this push going. When the show did the worst rating it's ever done in its history, the match wasn't any good. The crowd didn't care, which is the most important thing. Uh, Another major podcast on a major wrestling site did a podcast today. And I shit you not, Rich, the lead topic, okay, of this podcast is, and I quote, is AEW slowing down, end quote. That was the lead topic on another major podcast today, co-hosted by one of the top people, uh, pundits and reporters or whatever you want to call it in the industry, is AEW slowing down. On the day that Monday Night Raw did its worst rating ever, their lead topic is, is AEW slowing down. This is what the wrestling media has come to. And I'm not going to stop banging this drum. Because it's incredible to me. The only person today who didn't completely embarrass themselves, besides us, okay, is Dave Meltzer. As usual, he's the only one who didn't completely embarrass himself. 
Because what did Dave do? He recognized what the biggest story of the day was. It wasn't Liv Morgan is a breakout star, fake story. It wasn't uh, whatever the fuck. Uh, the, 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 the big story today was robbed at its lowest rating of all time. So Dave dug in and he investigated. And he did a great front story on his front page. Then I'll give a little plug through here. Explaining how that number came to be. And what happened in the third hour and everything else. Because he's the only one with a clue. The only one. This is by far the biggest story in wrestling today. You wouldn't know it. We're busy putting over Liv Morgan because we're afraid of stands. And that's what it is. These people are afraid of the stands. So we're putting over Liv Morgan today. When when Liv Morgan drew the lowest rating in the history of the show and wasn't over in the building. What are we doing? What are we doing is what I'd like to know. It's rhetorical, Rich. I'm not asking you. Because what we're doing is the right thing. We're leading off our show with it. After a half hour of banter. We're leading off our show with the biggest topic of the day. Which is this pathetic Raw rating. It is, yeah. And and like I mentioned, the, the bigger story to me isn't necessarily... I mean, the lowest Raw rating is obviously a massive story. The lowest uh, 18 to 49 for Raw on record... Uh, it was up against Monday Night Football game, a pretty important Monday Night Football game, a fun Monday Night Football game. It was the Snowden, uh, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots game or whatever. And it got really good ratings, and, and obviously that was a game. But, you know, yeah, it's football. It's not going anywhere. It's Monday Night Football. It's going to be there. And Monday Night Football has been there in prior years. So that doesn't immediately excuse uh, for the 18-49 to 49 being down and, and, and the lowest on record again. But to me, the bigger, bigger story and the, and the bigger thing to kind of identify and look at and, and, and really analyze uh, is – the demographics and how they fell and really where raw is at this point in, in, in 2021 and where raw is going in the future and where, you know, the quote unquote stars of this company and, and, and people, again, we need to have a, a, a some sort of powwow moratorium, something on the word star. You get, we're, we gotta be a little bit more selective of what we use with stars. You, you know, when we say the term star, I have started to say star with a lowercase s and star with a capital S because the lowercase s gets thrown around all the time. Oh, that person's a star. They made a star. This guy's a star. She's a star. We hear it all the fucking time. Star, star, star. Everybody said, let's talk, let's talk capital S stars from now on, right? Is that okay? Like, we really reserve that for people that actually draw ratings, people that do not draw record low ratings, people that actually get people to buy tickets, people that actually get, you know, viewers to watch shows. Let's maybe reserve the term star for those people and not just people that are pushed on a fake pro wrestling show. Because that is a dangerous way that we've gone down. I mean, they, they've WWE has won that war because they they kind of made superstar everything, and now everybody just basically uses star for, like, this person is pushed, they're a star. Or but this person can also, be a star when, when they've nothing. Also, but these people also constantly fall for this. This is a real tweet. Quote, Agreed. That was a star-making performance by Liv. Now WWE has to follow through, end quote. When did they ever follow through? <laughs> and now I'll sit back and wait for World Wrestling Entertainment to follow through. All right. And not only that. <laughs> and now I'm a skeleton. About, yeah. And, right. and not only that. What about that performance on Monday screamed star uh, It was in any way, shape, or form? Joe, it was the main event. So Rich, no one gave a fuck. <laughs> nobody gave a shit, and nobody was watching it anymore. So even if it was a Joe, even if it was a star making performance, nobody knows because nobody was watching the goddamn show by hour three. These people just say words. Yes, well, and that, and that uh, largely the that's words have what, to mean something. We've gotten to that point, especially with the wrestling media, and especially with just I I I think largely, and and we're we're, we're probably guilty of this before. You know, before we we stop posting on Twitter, you just have to fill space. You have to tweet 
at time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you don't realize that you're in that, you know, that, that rat race until you get out of it and realize like, wait, I don't have to just say something. I don't have to just react to something. I can actually let something simmer, analyze something, you know, with some, some sort of intelligence or whatever. And I don't necessarily just have to say something to say something. And I think that's largely the problem is like, you can't go silent for five minutes. If you're quote unquote live tweeting raw, you just have to say stuff constantly. And it leads to people just saying stuff like that, or, or, you know, just filling the time with just mindless dribble like this, that, that, has no basis in reality or research or understanding or history or anything. Rich, I promise you that neither you nor I have ever tweeted that somebody put forth a star-making performance when they had a match that had no heat in the main event of a show that drew a 6.73 rating on cage match, uh, a middling match that no one in the building cared about, I can promise you that neither you nor I have ever tweeted, ah, that was a star maker. They got to follow that one up. They would have tweeted that no matter what, because it was live and they fear the stands. Can we finally be honest about this? I talked about this three weeks ago and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, it's almost like they're proving me right on purpose. What about any of that scream star making? It's it's been a banner week. I have to say, I don't know what you did to the uh, space time continuum, but ever since your rant a couple weeks ago, it has been <laughs> one thing after another uh, in this wrestling media space, and it has been a rough go over the last two weeks. So I don't know what you did or what you awoken, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it it has caused quite the kerfuffle in the uh, wrestling media scene. I'll tell you that. I mean, and we heard the same thing with Cora Jade the night before. <laughs> Cora Jade. I'm not kidding. Star making performance. You know what's awesome? I don't know any of this stuff's ever being said anymore because I don't even look at the damn thing anymore. So it's and, it's and you would think that after everybody wait spent wait 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 hold on hold on this was after war games when she after fell off war the games, okay you would think that after this alleged star making performance of Cora Jade <laughs> these aren't my words these are the words of the pundits on of people who get paid to cover wrestling. That the show would have done a monster number on Tuesday because, well, well, Rich, they made a star. It was a star-making performance. NXT did under 600,000 viewers and a .11, tying their all-time low. And it speaks to what you're talking about. People just throw the word star around. They just throw it around. It doesn't have to mean anything. Because in that company, it doesn't mean anything. They call, it, they call everyone a superstar. As long as someone's getting a modicum of a push, fans will think that they're stars. But people who get paid to cover wrestling should know better. They should know better. And the problem is a lot of them don't. That's the problem. Uh, it, it's too easy to just say uh, they're doing it for nefar- I just I think a lot of these people just don't know. We need better people covering wrestling. Uh, we need more people like me and you, quite honestly. I'll say it. Yeah. No, that'd be good. People like Brandon Thurston, too. People like Dave Meltzer and Brandon Thurston and people who know what they're talking about. Covering wrestling. And not people who just spit out words that that, that don't mean anything. Star-making performance? I mean, Cora Jade was fine in that match. Yeah, she was was decent. She was pretty good. She was pretty good in that match. She was close to the worst person in the match. We'll get to that. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. She wasn't anywhere near... Anywhere near the worst in that match. There's someone in that match who I think needs to go back to fucking mothballs in the training school and needs to be off TV. But we'll get to that. 
Okay. But, and Cora Jade, that match was designed for her to be the kayfabe star of the match. There's no question. They gave her the biggest spot in the match, and she scored the fall. I have no doubt they're going to push Cora Jade. But there's a difference between the company highlighting someone in a match in the kayfabe sense and that person having a star-making performance. What about that performance was star-making in any way, shape, or form? She did a sloppy, flippy-do through a table that didn't look good. Then they did the fake separated shoulder spot with uh, you know, Io Shirai is like Hot Lips Hulahan from MASH going out there. and There's a reference from 50 years ago for you, Rich. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Hopefully my dad's listening because he'll pop for that one. But uh, yeah. Everyone's dad loves MASH. Okay? Ted loves Everyone's MASH. He's, seen, he's probably seen every episode hundreds of times at this point. It's always on, constantly. So she pops the shoulder back in, <laughs> which came off. I don't know what, about you, but I thought that spot was very corny. Uh, very super, corny. super corny. Yeah, at first I didn't know what she was doing, and I thought, like, wow, she really did it. But then, like, the crowd kind of was like, eh. Somebody kind of yeah. wanted her to just rip it up. But, uh, yeah. That wasn't so fair. you've got, like, the referees on the outside going, EO, no! <laughs> don't do it! Right. And it's like, the whole point of war games is submit or surrender, and the idea is everyone's going to get physically destroyed. And you have the referees out there, you know, pleading. Yeah, it's war games. Oh, nothing's off limits. The bodies yeah. will be destroyed and careers altered forever. And they're like, don't hurt her. No. Yeah, this is a horrible. The spot was terrible. It was embarrassing. Very cringe. But that's not Cora Jade's fault. And it has nothing to do with Cora Jade's performance. That's either here nor there. Then she sold the arm the rest of the match. Not exactly Chris Masters on Superstars in 2011, but she sold the arm well enough. Again, I have no problem with her performance. And then she scored the fall. There was nothing in that performance that was outstanding or transcendent or made you think that this person was going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. But yet, everybody falls for the kayfabe spotlight that she was given. And these people who get paid to cover wrestling spent all day Sunday and Monday telling you that it was a star-making performance from Cora Jade. And it just isn't fair to Cora Jade. She didn't do anything special in that match. It was the beginnings of maybe getting a push. And in that company, who knows? you have any faith in them following through on anything? God, no. No, how could you? Because I've watched wrestling for years. No. How could I ever? But, But aside from that, she didn't stand out in a special way in that match. These people just don't know what they're talking about. You know, and then that's why they get accused of carrying water, because they put stuff like that out there. So, I, you know, I don't know. And then the, and then you turn around, you, you, you know, and the show does a point one one to it. Because you know why? No one cares about Cora Jade. No. And no one cares about NXT. They're not, because they're not again. stars with a capital S. They're, they're, no, they're and, superstars. Yeah. And no one cares about NXT 2.0 or anybody on the show, because it did a point one one coming off their pay-per-view. Which tells you that nothing that happened on that show was a star-making performance. Because the numbers don't lie. And I thought that that this week's NXT would do a decent number. Because I thought the the Johnny Gargano thing would generate some interest. And... I thought War Games was was a decent show and a newsworthy-ish show. Yeah, I thought there'd be some follow-up to it, for sure. 
and no one watched. No, I mean, I watched I, I, I watched live for the first time in a long time just to see the Johnny Gargano thing. I mean, I watched the last half hour to see yeah. that, and I thought, oh, man, they're going to do a big number here because I, you know, everybody that I knew was turning it on to see what Johnny Gargano was going to say, and then you know, I wake up today, and it's like, oh, okay, no, nobody else watched it. Like, it was... Which, which is scary because I was the, I was the same, and... Um, I noticed a lot of people in our Discord, which is not a WWE-friendly Discord by any means, were our Discord, the WWE room was buzzing. So I thought to myself, oh, they're going to get a lot of viewers tonight they don't normally get because people want to see the Gargano thing. People yeah, want to yeah. see the follow-up to the pay-per-view. People want to see what happens with Kyle O'Reilly. So I was like, oh, they're going to probably do a decent number by their standards for this show. And then today, .11, which was surprising to me. But what it tells you is, Nothing on that show connected with the greater audience. No, you know, they didn't make any stars. We just got to stop using these words. You know, we got to stop. You know, at least Cora Jade was positioned like they wanted to make a star, though. Liv wasn't. <laughs> she lost to Becky Lynch. She Becky lost to the star, <laughs> to a person that's yes. actually kind of a star. And maybe she'll get another match, and maybe she'll win the dopey title, and we all know that doesn't mean anything. But the crowd didn't care, and this was not like this wasn't like they made the match two hours early. This was a long term, not long, a long term television storyline they built to this match. Yeah, it's been building for multiple weeks on Raw, so it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. you know an authority came out and said this is the match tonight, and then it was an hour later right. the match was That's happening. That's what no. I mean when I say long term. I'm not trying to say it was Okada Naito at the Dome, like built up over the course of two years. I'm just saying it was a television storyline that was playing out, built over the course of a few weeks. It wasn't like you said, something that, you know, Sonya Deville threw together 45 minutes earlier, and it got nothing in the building. And you could say, oh, all right, maybe the building was tired. Raw, uh, Raw always sucks. Maybe these people were just, and that's plausible. But then you turn around, and it's the lowest rated Raw of all time. And if you think it was just men watching the Patriots and the Bills oh, in, the, no. in, in the snow with the wind, and I get it. That was a big game because the weather drew viewers because people wanted to see them attempt to play Myself football. included. I was somebody who haven't, has yeah. not watched an NFL, a full NFL game in, 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 in a long, long time, and I, I was watching a lot of that game on Monday. Yeah, but when it's 10 degrees and it's a 50-mile-per-hour wind, you're like, oh, I'm watching that shit. So it drew a big number because people like the wacky weather football. So that would explain the men. But Rich, give some of these numbers to, uh, you know, especially what happened come the third hour uh, in terms of this Becky Lynch Liv Morgan match. Yeah, what was built built all show as being the main event, the big deal, the match, the the, the focal point of the entire show was obviously Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. So uh, this uh, some analysis from uh, Brent Thurston via Showbuzz Daily as well. Uh, Eighteen to thirty four overall people had a twenty six percent drop um, uh, week over week. Women, 18 to 49, 28% drop week over week. And I think one of the more interesting parts about that as well is women, 18 to 49, dropped 7% from 8 to 9 p.m., 15% from 9 to 10 p.m., and 21% overall from 8 to 10 p.m. So what that tells you is they turned into the, tuned into the show, whatever amount of women that were watching the show, and as the show went on, and as they knew that Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan was going to be the main event, and that was going to be the big show, and that was going to be the big part of, of the hour three, they left and they didn't watch. They turned the show off and said, I am going to watch something else. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, Liv Morgan fans, you want to say, oh, yeah, the, the, the Liv stands, the you only live once stands, they're, they're a younger demographic, right, Joe? 
You would say they're they're younger folks. Okay, uh, how about thirteen to thirty four? They probably fit into that demographic pretty easily, right? Seems like what you would think are exactly what would be Liv Morgan's fans. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So we have women who who you know weren't very interested in watching two women have a, a match in the main event, so they stopped watching. Uh, third, thirteen to thir- uh, thirteen to thirty four overall, male and female. Uh, 14% drop from uh, 8 to 9 p.m., 21% drop from 9 to 10 p.m., and a 32% drop from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So 32% of the uh, 13 to 34-year-olds that were watching Raw in Hour 1 by Hour 3 said, fuck this, and stop watching. 32% of 13 to 34. The overall drop from Hour 1 to Hour 3 was the usual overall drop. But where the heavy drops came were younger people, and where the heaviest drops came were women and younger women. The younger it gets, the more heavily they dropped. The less interested, the younger you were, and the more female you are, the less interested you were in that main event. Yeah, and, and, and Dave Meltzer has this, as you said. So he says, as far as the keys to the drop from hour one to hour three, women 18 to 49 dropped 21%. Men 18 to 49 dropped 8%. So again, women 21%, men and that's in the 18 to 49 demo. Men, 8%. Women, 21%. Teenage girls dropped 45%. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage girls yeah. said, fuck this shit and bounced. Yep. Teenage boys dropped 38%. So what we have there is that young girls and women of all ages just basically said, fuck this. I'm good. And uh, the over 50s, they only dropped 10%. So it's it still went no, down. And, and, 10%, <laughs> and 10% is the usual drop. Right, that's a negligible amount. So the over 50s were still into this and said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. The ones that had to go to bed or whatever, or you know, their TV time is allotted for a certain amount. They were done, those over 50-year-olds, the geriatrics or whatever. They were done. And the ones that, yeah, the normal ones that watched the hour three of Raw were stuck with it. So they didn't have a, a very big drop at all. It was exactly as it is for the over 50s. Uh, very frequently, no. Teenage girls do not drop 45%. Women 18 to 49 do not drop 21%. And teenage boys do not drop 38% as well. The bottom line is the, the match and the hour and the third hour did terrible with the people that allegedly you think it would have done well with. Yeah. And what do we always say? This idea that women's wrestling draws women, draws female viewers. It's never been true, Rich. There's nothing that supports that. It's just shit people say. Yeah. And... and- you Female know, I, viewers aren't these exotic creatures that they like the same thing that things that men like. They want they like a good show. That's all. They like a good show. And the younger viewers and the female viewers left this show in droves more so than the average viewer. It was the old men as usual who stuck with Raw. So Where's this star making performance? Where's this? Like, if I'm looking at this, I'm questioning pushing Liv Morgan forward. How can you not? You know? And you don't want to judge anyone on one night and one main event or anything like that. I understand that. But this is not good. There's nothing encouraging here. There was nothing here in her performance, the crowd reactions, or the ratings that suggest that you need to push this person more. You know, it's like, can we at least be honest about these things? And my problem isn't with Liv Morgan. My problem is the horrible performance of the wrestling media, as usual, to point these things out. Unless you're Dave Meltzer, who's the only person who did a good job today. The only one. Unless I'm missing someone. Point him out to me. Dave Meltzer in this show. That's it. 
So it, that's what that's what's frustrating to me. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and and like you said, there's always this idea, and it's never rooted in any sort of reality that like, oh well, you know, you have to push, you know, women because that's what women want to watch. So if you you have this this female demographic out there that isn't being served enough, so you need to you know give them women's wrestling, and it's just never ever been the case. And I get some people will say, well, it, you know, they haven't pushed them well, or they haven't done this, they haven't done that. Okay, that's that's fine. But like, we know how this company operates. This company isn't going to eat shit for six months to hope that all right, well, if we just keep pushing women, eventually women will start watching. They don't do that. That's not what this company has done. Usually, we'll see these spots where it, you know, you know, it, 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 they'll put them in a big spot, and and yeah, they they look at the same numbers we do. You know, they know these numbers. Don't if you're, you're lying to yourself if you don't think that they look at these numbers that that they woke up today and said, "Holy shit!" and looked at these numbers and said, "Fuck." Yeah, if you want to believe that they're going to go out there next week and main event with Liv Morgan, I mean, more power to you. I don't. Like, I know what these things are looking at. I know what this company looks at, and and yeah, just or honestly than... that, or honestly that they should. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, and, and but but this idea, and we we need it. Like, if you want to, if if you want to come with that argument of, oh well, you know, to, they need to push more women so more women watch. Like, okay, you have to come with some sort of actual facts or some sort of reality to say that because that has just never ever been the case. What makes women watch is the same thing, like you said, that makes men watch, that makes eighteen to forty nine watch, which makes that is a good show with start with real stars. Like they'll watch that, they watch that. It doesn't matter. They don't need to be. You know, oh, here's women for you women. They just want a good wrestling show. They just want a good television show. It doesn't matter if it's this person being pushed or just that person get being pushed. People over and yeah, just make get, stars, get people over, have have people that people want to watch. It's it's it seems simple, it seems obvious, but but that's it. You, you know, and, and you know, and there's they always don't get people over no. anymore. That's the problem. And they didn't get Liv Morgan over, period. They did not get Liv Morgan over. Yeah, it's in the numbers right there. It's obvious. Or in the building. In the building, in the numbers. They didn't get her over. Just get people over. Turns out retweets don't uh, don't really matter as much as people thought. So retweets some stan accounts doesn't uh, doesn't quite translate to the same business that we thought it would. So weird how that uh, uh, how that happens. It, yeah, and it's just incredible that you know you could have a podcast today with the lead of is AEW falling? Rich, last night's Raw. This is from our Discord. Okay, a user by the name of Prince. Two years ago today, the, the, the comparable Raw to two years ago uh, today, uh, did 2.15 million viewers and a .68. Last year's Raw on this, on this date did 1.737 million viewers and a .51. Last week, Raw did 1.679 viewers and a .46. And this week's Raw did 1.59 million viewers and a .35. I mean... How can you lead off with, <laughs> is AEW falling? I'm going to give you something else. When that's right in front of you, when Raw does their worst number ever, and that's the data in front of you, two years ago they did a .68, and they nearly uh, lost half of their viewers in the demo from two years ago. Okay? And how can you lead off a podcast with it? Can, can I give you some facts on AEW Dynamite, Rich? Yeah, Kurt Hawkins me. I'm ready to face the facts. Let's go. Uh, you know, this, and look, I don't think Dynamite's doing tremendous numbers lately, but I'm going to give you some facts on AW Dynamite. Did you know for the month of November for, uh, total viewers, Dynamite was up 22% versus last year? Did you know for October, they were up 30% versus 2020? Okay. September up 33%, August up 23%, July up 38%. 
June up 26%, May up 31%, April up 44%, in 18 to 49. Slowing down. <laughs> in April, I, I, I'm sorry, in 18 to 49, from April of this year through November of this year, up double digits versus last year, every month since April. Yet, we're going to talk about AEW slowing down on a day where Raw put up their worst rating ever and have lost half of their viewers in the demo from two years ago. I mean, this is what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. I mean, at least have a clue what you're talking about. A clue. That's all I ask. Have a clue. Let's uh, let's move on to NXT here because that's uh, equally equally horrific ratings for NXT, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of lead that into our NXT 2.0 War Games uh, review and a little bit of details about what's going on uh, with NXT as well. But uh, this is from uh, F4WOnline.com. Tuesday night's War Games followed edition of WWE NXT averaged 590,000 viewers on the USA Network, down 8% from last week. It's the second lowest audience the show has drawn on the USA Network since moving to Tuesday nights. In the 18-49 demo, NXT matched its record low for the USA Network uh, with a .11 rating down 26.7% from last week. NXT ranked 48th on the cable TV charts in the key demo last night. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> You'd expect better when there was a star-making performance on the show. Yeah, they wanted to see the the the, the skateboarding Cora Jade on on uh, the follow up to uh and to her Ron Breaker, Ron yeah. Breaker, another one. Joe, uh, uh, you want some demographics here because I think this is fun. Go for it. So NXT, uh, they they you know they got Vic Joseph wearing the new drip. They got your boy Wade Bot wearing a Toxic Attraction shirt. There's primary colors. There's paint splashes. There's Wale. It's for the kids, Joe. Right. The show designed. To attract the attention of your four-year-old, I guess, or something. I don't know what the hell they're going for. Ratings not were for down. The, it's, not for the, it's not for the old white guys like us. No, no, you and I, we don't, we don't get it. You know, we're, no. we're, you know, we, we, we're in the mud, as the kids would say. Whereas this show, no, 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 this show is for the kids. Ratings were down in every single demographic for NXT. The biggest drops were with younger viewers, with males twelve to thirty-four dropping. <clears throat> 54.6% from last week. Oh, my God. 54.6% <laughs> of the males 12 to 34 that watched that show last week in the follow-up to War Games said, fuck that, and watched something else. You know what? Maybe I just thought of this. Maybe it's wrong to blame the War Games show and the personalities from the War Games show not connecting with people because... I'm not sure anybody watched the War Game show, to be honest. Nobody watches the TV. We all know that only a, you know a certain percent. Like, if you can grab ten uh, percent of your viewing audience for a pay per view show or something, that's considered good. If no one's watching the TV, it stands to reason that very few people watch the actual War Game show. Right, right, of course. And we talked about how horrible the television show was last week—the Go Home show for the War Games. That could be what's responsible for no one watching this week. Because maybe the people that watched that show last week were like, why the fuck would I ever watch this, this show again? This is terrible. Right? Because far more people watched the TV show last week than watched the war games, you have to think. 
War Games is only going to get a fraction of that viewership. Yeah. You got to be a Peacock subscriber. Do you know they were selling that on pay per view too? The War Games. Oh my god. I would Holy love crap. to see the for, numbers. What forty nine ninety five or something like that? Are we talking about? Yeah, like a, it was being sold on some <sighs> cable systems as a pay per view. Who? I love to. If you did that, we have to interview somebody who 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 got to their TV, picked up the remote, slapped their hands together, got the bowl of popcorn, and said, "Order, let's go." War games. <laughs> I, I'd love to see the numbers. I want to know who. Yeah, I want to talk to you if you're one of those people. So. I want to know how many ordered that on traditional pay-per-view but you have to have the peacock or you had to have order on pay-per-view i mean if they're doing six what they do six hundred thousand viewers last yeah week just just was, just, a, just a hair under six hundred thousand. well that was this week but the week before they did yeah like they always do around six hundred thousand, right so it's like you know 10 percent of that would be like sixty thousand people i mean i think probably under fifty thousand people watched war games. i think that's probably conservative yeah that's probably a good good number i, I would say cons- yeah, I think you're probably on the right ball there. And so I don't even know if, like, saying, oh, well, War Games couldn't drum up any. Well, the problem is they can't get people to watch the show, and then they, they, which means you can't get people to watch the pay per view. The show was so bad last week that I think that's probably more of a reason why this week tanked so badly. And it's just so funny. Like, I know we've turned it into a bit, but it's just so funny how this show is directly geared toward the people. <laughs> Who fucking hate it and don't want anything to do with it. I didn't even Joe, it gets even better. Females in the demographic that we talked about, the twelve to yeah. thirty-four, the, the the key demo for NXT here, because we're primary colors and Wale and Vic Joseph and Leather. Females in that twelve to thirty-four dropped fifty-five point six percent. More fifty-five point six percent. They were down overall fifty-four point six percent in the eighteen to thirty-four age group as well. Yeah. Joe, the demographic that held up the best? People over 50. 50, They dropped only (laughs) 2.8%. So so you have males 12 to 34 dropping 54.6. Women in that same group, 12 to 34, dropping 55.6. And people over 50, only 2.8. The old love NXT, man. They fucking love this show. Yeah. The people who get accused of not liking it. The middle-aged white guys. <laughs> love it. They're the only people who watch this show. Like, the, that's what the data tells us. The only people who watch this show are the people who everyone says are the ones that don't like it. No one else watches And the reason we don't like it is because it's not, it's not targeted towards us, Joe. It ain't us. The median viewer for this thing is 62. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm half their age, so... <laughs> So it's not us. It's people that, that were alive during the Kennedy assassination. Are it's not out. even middle-aged men. It's, it's, it's elderly, elderly men. Yeah, it's elderly people. Half the people watching are elderly, Rich. <laughs> and that, we're not making that up. Like, no. Half the people watching this show are elderly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know, they, they, they have... All right, so Joe, you said what was the, the median age was 62, right? I don't... Okay, last week it was 62. Last, well, let's, let's, okay, let's, let's go on the assumption that, that we'll, we'll stick Hold with on. last week's. We don't know what this week's was. No, this week's, I believe, was in the 60s as well, but I'll find it. I'll make your point while I'm looking for it. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to look at, Joe, what was going on in the world in December of 1959 when these people were born. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Let's do, let's do, you want to do top songs, top movies? What do you want to do? <laughs> top songs. Let's see if we know the top songs. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
It wasn't Wale. I could probably. Uh, Wale was not among the. Uh, 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 yeah. All right. Let's see. December 1959 top songs. It's very hard to. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? We're just gonna do the 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 Billboard. Oh, here we go. We got the Billboard Hot 100 for 1959. Joe, you ready for this? I'm ready. December 7th. Bobby Darren's hit "Mac the Knife" was all the rage at the sock hops, <laughs> at the drive-ins. Bobby Darren. <laughs> That's what these people were. <laughs> but he was dethroned the next week, Joe, because Guy Mitchell's "Heartaches by the Number" replaced him. I don't even know that one. I don't even think I know that one either. Yeah, Heartaches by the Number. I think um, Guy Mitchell was Bobby Heenan's first wrestling name, <laughs> Guy too. Guy Mitchell, yeah. In uh, a bit of trivia. You do know Bobby Darren, though, of course. Yeah, so we got him. Um, well, how about when these people were 20, it was still in the 70s. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so let's let's do that. So top songs, these people are 20 years okay. old in December of 1979. Okay. Okay, so what we're doing here... Okay, the median viewer, by the way, was 62 years old again this okay, week. Okay, perfect. I just, good, good, I just looked good. that up. So what we're doing here is when the median viewer of NXT 2.0 this week was the age that NXT 2.0 is trying to attract, okay, was 1979 is when these people were the age of the viewer that this show is attempting to attract. So when these people were 20 – Here's what was going on in pop culture. Yeah, here, here's the top songs. That's Hot 100 of the Billboard. All right. Yeah. Number one was Babe by Styx. Wow, little Styx. Yeah, right. little Styx, number one. They uh, This is uh, their 11th week on the chart. They were number one last week as well, so congratulations to Styx. Rich, I don't think there's going to be any Billie Eilish on this list. Uh, I don't mm, – want a quick glance, no. No Billie Eilish? No Billie Eilish. What you do have, though – is the Commodores at number three with Still. That's a great song, by the way. Love the Commodores. Rich, you're an old soul. I am an old soul. Number three. Please Don't Go by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Another great hit from the uh, um, the Sunshine Band and Casey himself. So, Where's the Olivia Rodrigo? Is there any Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> no. Uh, I do have Escape, parentheses, the Pina Colada song. Wow. By Rupert Holmes at number four. There you go. If you like pina colada. (laughs) That was number four. That's what these people were listening. These were the hot songs. (laughs) They're firebirds or whatever the fuck you drove in 1979. (laughs) For the the median viewer (laughs) of NXT last night, these were the hot songs when they were 20 years old. Oh, my God. 1979. (laughs) These people were 20 years old 42 years ago. That's who's watching this show. And half the people watching are older than that. Half the people watching are older than that, Rich. This is a company that desperately... Ladies Night. Ladies Night by Cool in the Gang, number 11, by the way. Nothing wrong with that. I think I'd probably like this top. Yeah, this sounds solid. Yeah, this sounds like a great... I'd like this top 100 much, much more than the current top 100. But uh, that's neither here nor there. This is a company that so desperately tries to attract younger people and fails so miserably that all they attract are elderly people. It's incredible. And the show specifically designed to attract younger people. Everything about it is geared to – the problem is they have this idea in their head of what younger people want 
and what younger people like. And they just can't execute it. Rich, on last night's NXT, they had the man who lost the hair versus hair match come out in a blonde wig. (laughs) You were supposed to think this was hilarious. What 20-year-old, what hip-happening 20-year-old is going to think that the poker man wearing a blonde wig and pretending that that's his hair and that he was not humiliated and had his hair cut. What hip-happening 20-year-old you know is going to sit down on a Tuesday night and enjoy that kind of entertainment? You can have all the you know splashy colors and Wale theme songs you want. The content of the show is shit. It's Rainbow Raw. It's terrible. And it's only getting worse every week. Rich, they did a finish last night where somebody stole the tag rope so that tag team couldn't make a tag. This is not ref- made up, by the way. It sounds made up. I promise you Joe's not lying. It's true. Because the referee wouldn't accept the tag because the man on the outside wasn't holding the tag rope, but the tag rope had been stolen by another team that wasn't part of the match. And that team was taunting the man on the outside of the ring with the stolen tag rope. And the referee, this stupid referee, would not accept the tag because the man wasn't holding a tag rope that wasn't there anymore. That's what was on this show last night. And a man who had his head shaved wearing a wig and pretending that it was his hair. I mean, that's the problem with WWE right now. That the shows fucking stink. And that's why nobody under 62 wants to watch this shit. Because the shows are terrible. It was awful last week and it was awful this week. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's, I will say it's beginning to border on fun bad now. At least for, for me. It's just like Raw. It's a, it's a facsimile of Raw. Last night's show was exactly like any Raw. Yes. With the, the not, you got this, uh, they have a character now who randomly pops up in backstage segments. I guess she's like an infant. She's gripping a blanket and a pillow. Her, her gimmick is she sleeps. <laughs> her gimmick is she sleeps. And she pops up in the backstage segments like with her thumb in her mouth. Like I guess she's supposed to be a baby or something. <laughs> you know I'm not making any of this up because who would make this up? Yeah, I know. And of co- I, I love that you know, Chef's Kiss, whoever sat down at the table and said, all right, here we go. So we have this Asian man. He's, he's Chinese. Okay. He should wear face paint and have magical powers. <laughs> it's like, what are you, idiot? What well, are you doing? <laughs> Rich, that's not even the worst, the worst Asian <laughs> stereotype on the show. There's an Asian man on the show who's of Japanese descent, by the way. Mm-hmm. And his new gimmick is he does mukbangs. Which is Korean, not, it's not even Japanese. But I guarantee you they don't know the difference. <laughs> they don't know the difference at all. Okay? So he does mukbang, and his gimmick now is that he takes large shits. That's Jiro's gimmick now. He yeah. eats a lot, and then shits. Again, I couldn't make this up if I tried. And then they wonder why nobody wants to watch. Is there any doubt that they have no idea that mukbang is Korean and not Japanese? Absolutely zero idea. They have no clue. 
they don't have the first clue. It's, you know, Bruce Pritchard or whoever saw one of these videos on YouTube. And now he's giving it. <laughs> oh, we got an Asian guy. Yeah. That's... We're not doing nothing with him. He's going to eat a lot and take a shit. Yep. With hilarious poop noises as well, which, you know, cracks up the one most important person in that company, for sure. Complete with fart noises. Yeah. That <laughs> fart noises. Yeah. Jiro's making faces. He's like, God. It's, it's, it's irredeemably bad. It's so bad. It's unwatchable, which is why nobody watched this week after last week. <laughs> right. And only the olds. You know the because olds cannot wait do. for Tiffany Stratton or whatever. What's her, what's her name? Tiffany Stratton? It's... If you've never oh, seen yeah, her, what this is, is they, it's, it's B-roll and it's like two minutes of this woman's breasts and her ass. And she goes, daddy gives me whatever I want. <laughs> and then she says daddy a lot. And then like Ferraris drive by and you're like, all right, cool. Well, daddy said I can have whatever I want. And what I want to do is come to NXT. <laughs> ding, yeah. ding, 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 Tiffany Stratton. Coming you to NXT. What, you know what? She's going to get over. Yes. Do you know why? Because who doesn't hate a rich blonde bitch? It's 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 like uh it's the reason that you know, like like Tammy Fitch got over everywhere and Smoky Mountain and everything before she came and became Sunny. Like that's a gimmick that doesn't fail. That's the one that'll get over, and that's the one that nobody seems to like. For sure. Like, oh no, no, no doubt. Yeah, no over. doubt in my mind that, like, especially with that that demographic and the people that watch that show, they're gonna fucking yeah. love that. It's gonna get over because that's a great heel gimmick. She'll get called. She'll be called up before. Oh, for sure. Heel. Oh my god, she'll be called up by. I would say not by WrestleMania, but very shortly after WrestleMania, she'll be on the main roster for sure. And she's got a, I mean, if you've ever seen her, she's got a great look. She's I don't know huge. anything else about her. Yeah, no, she used to be a bodybuilder. I forget. She was some sort of college athlete or something. Like, she's got a really good look. Like, there's no doubt. Once they, once they got the tennis racket away from her, there, there's no doubt that she'll be uh, uh, pretty solid. Well, how bad was she at tennis? She is not very good at tennis, unfortunately. Daddy, how bad daddy didn't tennis? pay for tennis lessons. Let me tell you that. I can, no. I can assure you that, that uh, daddy did not pay for private tennis lessons, but... Uh, She's much better shopping on Rodeo Drive than she is playing tennis. So, yeah, no, farting mukbang guy isn't going to get over. Um, what about guy who hangs out in diners? What, what was that guy's deal? It was the one dude talking. who was like drinking diner coffee and being like, "Oh, I'm coming," and I'm like, "All right, cool, dude." <laughs> like, well, I don't know enough about him yet. He was like, he was uh, just in a diner, just like sipping coffee, being like. Yeah, I need I need more information. I yeah, I don't know anything about him, but uh, yeah. But Mukbang guy is not Mukbang guy who takes a <laughs> shit is not getting over. Uh, that that's definitely not getting over. Um, uh, recurring unfunny SNL sketch Tony D'Angelo is not getting over. That's <laughs> Tony Tits. Yeah. yeah, Joey Tits is not getting over. He's not going to get over. I mean, and he did nothing in the match. It's so oh, he's obvious. So he's, bad. He's, he's so bad. Yeah, this, he didn't do anything. They clearly just said, "All right, tag in," and then just like you're in, and just go in the corner and don't do anything. Like, just stay out of the way. <laughs> right? Just... Let us let Grayson Waller literally do everything. Just stay out of the fucking way, dude. Stay like... off the camera. Yeah. So, Fugazi SNL sketch guy. That's not going to get over. 
okay? Let's be honest here. Um, there, there's a lot of acts on this. Now, and, you know, that's fine. Look, the, 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 the infant that is sleeping in all of the backstage sketches, that's not going to get over. Okay? She used to be the thousand-year-old woman, by the way. That's who that is. The thousand-year-old... Oh, is uh, that who that is? Okay, all right. Repackaged as a person that cuddles a blanket and sleeps a lot, wearing jammies? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see. I can't picture that one in my WrestleMania main event, but who knows? You know? <laughs> crazier things have happened. <laughs> jammies, yeah. Everybody, can, yeah. everybody throws pillows into the ring, like, you know, a la, you know, Noki Invader, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a horrible show. <laughs> Uh, I, it part of me appreciates what they're at least trying to do here because I think it's, it's, to me, it's a more, it's a, it's an interesting direction to go. Like, it's not good at all. It's a terrible, terrible show. But like, especially with this war games, like it felt to me like early takeovers just without like the good wrestlers. There was a, a modicum of the good wrestlers there. There was a few sprinkles of the old good wrestlers or whatnot, but it's a rough watch. It, it is a very, it's, they're, they're clearly rebuilding. They're clearly have a completely different idea of what they want NXT to be. And that's, and that's. I don't absolutely. I don't hate it. Like I think it's probably a direction that they probably needed to go at some point with this television show. The problem though is that USA is paying you money for this show, yeah, and putting it in prime time. And Brandon Thurston also tweeted this out: some examples of what rerun programming does on USA in prime time found on Ryan'sRatings.com. Most of these are on less favorable nights than Tuesday, and none lower than the average that NXT is. So NXT since October has averaged 0.14 in the 18 to 49 demo. Okay. Yeah. So here are shows that did better than NXT has done since October. Okay. I'm listening. September 3rd, the 8 a.m. or 8 p.m., 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. reruns on Friday, September 3rd, the the reruns of Law and Order SVU, 0.18, 0.17, 0.16 in the demo. Could probably be acquired cheaper than paying for. NXT. I would say reruns of of Law and Order SVU probably cheaper for USA uh, to have. Uh, five different movies from Friday at eight fifteen p.m., Saturday at seven thirty p.m., Saturday at eight forty five p.m., Saturday at eight fifteen p.m., Saturday at seven forty five p.m. The demo numbers for those are point one seven, point one eight, point one five, point one eight. You acquire these movies for X amount of years for pennies on the dollar, and you can run them as many times as you want. Yep. This is why you'll often see the same lead-in for Dynamite, and people you know, turn it into a meme. So very cheap programming. Very cheap. Doesn't cost you $45 million a year like NXT 2.0. I won't belabor the point, but uh, these, these ones are pretty interesting. On Sunday, <laughs> on Sundays, reruns of Law & Order SVU. This is from July 15th, 10 p.m. on a Sunday, 0.17. 9 p.m. on a Sunday, 0.16. 10 p.m. on a Sunday, this is in August, 0.17. 9 p.m. on a Sunday, 0.16. Continues with a lot of other 0.18s on Sundays, 10 p.m. 0.18 Sunday at 10 p.m. But here would be the counter. The counter would be, okay, but what NXT 2.0 and what WWE is going to bring to the table are younger viewers. Yeah, right. But it doesn't. <laughs> but they're not. 62 years old. Right. So. You could just 62 year olds are probably watching SVU too. They're watching Ice T. You know, hassle a, a potential uh, criminal here and asking him, "Hey, I got a question for you." And he's like, "Yeah, who's asking?" You know what I mean? Like every SVU episode, yeah. you could just do that. You could just play those because the 62 year olds are going to watch the same show anyway. Yeah, 
So that's the thing. Like you accept the whole deal with WWE and even sports and, and you know, st- is like, okay, you accept lower viewership in exchange for younger viewers. Correct. But younger, NXT 2- younger live viewers. And Raw and SmackDown will give you that. NXT 2.0 is not giving you that. They're giving you the same viewership you're getting with all of these far cheaper reruns of Law and & Order and, and running the same movie, you know, 11 times a month. And you're still getting the same median viewer uh, age of 62 years old. And you're actually doing a better number in the 18 to 49 demo than you're doing for the show that you're paying anywhere from 25 to $50 million a year for. Those are where the estimates range. You know, I forget where Meltzer and Thurston and all those settle on, I think about $40 million they think they're paying for it or something I think, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I remember the exact figure, it's, but it was somewhere in that range for sure. At least the original deal when they were, you know, supposed to be taking down Dynamite. But it's like, you know, at some point USA has to think, well, this is not worth the investment. We could do better running fucking that movie again and draw more younger viewers. So... Yeah, it's but it, the problem is it's just a. I, I like that the show tries some different things, but at the end of the day, it's it's Rainbow Raw now. Right, most it's, of those things suck, which is the problem. Like I, I want to think that it's a good idea, and I want to think that this company, in another era, would be able to make this NXT show. They would, it would it, obviously they would lose some ratings for a little bit, but the long term was that we're building new characters, we're building new quote unquote stars, we're we're taking athletes and making them. S- WWE superstars. We're not just going to have indie guys that have worked all over the world for 10 years in our system. No, we're going to make new guys and build them up and, and give them fun and exciting characters and let them develop and all that. And like, yeah, in an ideal world, that would work. Like, that would be cool. But it's WWE in 2021. So, yeah, you have a bunch of guys farting and you have the sleeping girl. So. It's plagued by the same issues that Raw and SmackDown are plagued by in terms of quality of the show. The show stinks. And that's the problem. And now it's not different either. It's, no. it's just a it's it's raw with green wrestlers. It's raw with it much is. much worse wrestlers. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo fourth match that he had ever had was in that War Games, by the way. Yeah, and that's not his fault. No, but he did nothing in the match. It was it was obvious. I guess we should review the show at some point. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's 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 do that. So we'll start with the main event, which was the men's War Games, which was okay. It was fine. The problem is I haven't liked. I'm totally have thrown my hands at these war games. The last oh, I hate. I can't stand them. I'm done with plunder. I'm done with plunder. I'm done with war games. I'm done with cages. I'm done with ladders for a long time in wrestling. They've done done. them five years in a row or something, right? Because they did. um, Didn't Gargano say that he was in the last four war games? And then that yeah, at least the last four, the last six, or something like that. It's been a while. They've done. I think they've done more than you think. Actually, let me see how many for the last five years at least they've been doing these war games matches and. I'm just sick of them, and I, I'm normally not as high on them as as most people are. This this um, would have been the fifth. They did one 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. They may have slipped another one in on TV or something like that, as far as I know. But this is the this is the fifth War Games special. You know what I mean? The one that yeah. you know. Yeah, and they've been doing men's and women's on each show. So you know we've had like ten of these matches minimum over the last five years. And and I'm with you. I'm sick of the kendo sticks. I'm sick of the plunder. Um. You just get numb to it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And like I said last week in the preview, I thought maybe with this NXT 2.0, they would mix it up a little more and they wouldn't be super long like they've been in Pat, but they were super long again and they were both too long. Um, the men's match was okay. Um, you know, the men's match was a more athletic 
and faster-paced version of the women's match. And I thought the women's match stunk. I thought the women's match was one of the lousiest match, war game style matches that I've seen. And I haven't even loved many of them over the last five years. It was on par with like the really bad MLW versions. Yeah, it worked, worked at like quarter of the speed yeah. of another. It was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. I didn't like the women's match at all, but we'll get to that one. But I thought the men's match was just a more athletic version of the women's match. I thought it was perfectly and, fine. I saw some people that really, really liked it. I didn't hate it, but I it, it I don't know. It was just fine. It, it, like, it was fine. Yeah, I'm it probably fine. the last person in the world to ask because, like I said, I'm done with plunder. I'm done with cages. I'm done with kendo sticks. I'm done with trash cans. I'm done with it all. Just just no more for a long time on any of that stuff. But they'll they'll never stop. And they did you know multiple cage matches this week on uh, WWE programming, so they're going to continue to go to that well. But um, yes, yeah. they did a cage match the next night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really selling, really selling the the impact of this war game is by doing it literally on the next two shows that you had. So. Yeah, I forgot they did it the next two nights because then they did Kyle O'Reilly and Von mm-hmm. Wagner. They did they did Big E versus they did a cage match on Raw and then they did a cage match on NXT, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they did two ladder matches the week before on NXT. It's just none of these matches mean anything anymore. No, nobody cares. And they do this to themselves. So yeah, I mean, the men's war games was fine. You had time stand still when Braun Breaker couldn't cut the chain, so that was embarrassing. Um. You know, can they can they work things like we used to do in the old days? Why do I have to watch? <laughs> yeah, why does this man have to literally break a chain with a bolt cutter? <laughs> with bolt cutters. Why, remember the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, time stand and still spot? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Handcuffs. Why can't we have novelty fucking sex handcuffs from a novelty shop that you could just break? Like, why do we not work things anymore? Why do we have to have a real chain with real bolt cutters so this poor guy looks like a goof? Because he can't cut the thing. Like, why Why do we not work things anymore? Why is the chain not broken already? I don't understand. So the heels are in the ring, and they have no... They're, they're standing there, like, and they have no choice but to mock him. Because they have to stay in character. They have to take the camera off him, and the guy looks like a goof. Because he's not strong enough to cut the chain. Because, you know, he's a real human being, and that's hard to do. That's very difficult to do. But, yeah, in the old days, you would gimmick it, so he either rips the door off or just rips the chain apart. Or, like, yeah, it does it in ten seconds. Like, yeah, yeah. you would have gimmicked it where maybe he just grabs the chain with his hands and rips it apart. But instead, this poor guy's got to get bolt cutters. And, like, a normal human being, it's kind of tough to cut a chain with bolt cutters. So it takes him a little while to do it. And, yeah. God. You know, and then, you know. It, it, <laughs> wrestling is so easy. I don't get it. I don't understand modern wrestling, Joe. I just don't get it anymore. Yeah. And then Joey Tits, they totally hid him. We talked about that. That guy clearly isn't ready. Um, Braun Breaker, I mean, I get it by looking at him. I get it. But he just, in the, in the, and his promos, I get it. The problem is, I talked about this last week. In the course of the match, it's like it all goes away. Like he just and that and look, he's wrestled like ten matches in his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know we're talking about Tony. To Tony was had yet. his fourth match. I, Braun Breaker's on what is eleventh, tenth, somewhere around that range match. Yeah, he doesn't know how to project. He doesn't have crowd connection. He doesn't understand the little things yet, and he just he's he's charismaless in the meat of the match, and that's his problem right now. I also think they're never going to push him because Vince doesn't like the the amateur wrestling style thing. He never has. Vince doesn't really like the Steiners and never really did. Um, so I, I don't I don't anticipate him being pushed. Um, 
Yeah, you know, that is a funny thing that people are kind of saying, oh, man, this is like, this guy's going to be a future main eventer and that sort of stuff. It's like he never really liked his dad. He never really liked his uncle. He he was never really quite into that style. So, yeah, I, I maybe maybe don't uh, maybe don't count those chickens until they hatch here. Cause, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but he doesn't fit the archetype. Of right, like people just think, like, yeah, I agree. Like, in my wrestling world, like, a guy like that, I'm thinking, fuck, yeah, I got something to do. The dumb jock wrestling organization that we're doing, yes. He's probably Let's one of the guys that we look. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People are kind of assuming that, like, because he has muscles, like, eh, but Vince McMahon doesn't, you know, like you said, the amateur wrestler look, you know, the Steiner brother lineage, like, that's not something he's ever really liked. So. And if they called up the Fugazi Italian tomorrow, he'd be he'd be doing comedy. He'd one hundred percent be doing nothing but comedy, and would never get a serious push. And we listen. I'm going to say it over and over. I like Trick Williams better than Carmelo Hayes in terms of projecting. Better look, too. Carmelo Hayes. He's got a better look, listen, too. Better look. Carmelo Hayes is the better wrestler and the better performer now. There's no question about it. Like, it's not even close because he's a veteran indie guy and all that. And I'll say this about Carmelo Hayes. I never really got it with him when he was an indie wrestler. I think this is one of those examples of someone who WWE improves. We talk a lot about people who go to WWE and WWE strips away everything that was great about them and makes them less appealing. I think Carmelo Hayes is a great example of someone who WWE has helped. I think he comes across as a much bigger star, a much bigger, uh, a much more charisma in the WWE uh, uh, sort of space than he did on the Indies. I'll say that, but I still think that trick Williams has the size and the look and the speaking ability and I look at Trick Williams and think, if I could teach that guy how to wrestle and be competent, that's my star. So, uh, and, and Waller, oh, let me tell you something. When it comes to Team 2.0, he was the most impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did the most, and it was clear that they understood that he was the guy that had to do the heavy lifting there. Yes. But he was good. He was legitimately good in this match. And he, of those guys, I thought projected better than Every single one of those guys, and that's including Braun Breaker and including Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, Grayson Waller was the star. I would say of this match, I think he was as good as anybody on the black and gold side, too. Well, we talked about it last week. He's a veteran wrestler. Yeah. You know, he's been in Australia for the last five years, you know, working in that scene, which is a really good scene. You know, and, and you know, we talked about it last week. He's the only guy on the team with any experience, and he looked really good. You know, that elbow off the top looked tremendous. And then, you know, the way he sold that elbow off the top. Um, yeah, he looked really good for that team. And the other team, of course, that was four veteran wrestlers, some of them among the best in the world. You know, so, you know, when you're talking about Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano and people like that, you don't have to worry about them. But um, the match was okay. I didn't think it was a bad. I thought it was like a three, three and a half star match, something like that. Um, and that's with me being completely tired of the gimmick. Yeah. So. I guess you want to do the women's match. Now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's knock out both the war games. Uh, this was atrocious. Thirty-one minutes. It went probably thirty minutes longer than I would have had it go. No, like realistically, this thing should have been like twenty minutes tops. Uh, just worked at the slowest pace you've ever seen. Like pretty much everybody. It feels like a match where everybody, uh, other than like when Dakota Kai was in there. I think who who were the first two that came in? It was Dakota Kai and. Uh, who was the first on the other team? I Let forget me, uh, now. Because it was, that, smartly, they got Dakota Kai out at, to be the first person there uh, in that match. Let me see if I can fire it up real quick. People Let are, are screaming at us uh, as we're doing this, but, um. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't it may have been, uh, 
Hmm. It was somebody smart. It was either Kaylee Ray or Io Shirai or whatever. They they understood that. They were smart enough to to do it, that. It was because Gonzalez came in later to clean house. Yeah. And it was a horrible. And now I don't know if you want to pin this. This is more a WWE problem. But Gonzalez came in to clean house. She threw a lariat at somebody, and they did that thing where they take the bump before there's any contact. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that. And it's the sign of a green wrestler. But the problem is in WWE, you see it on Raw. No, it's clearly something that they teach people to do. It must be. And then she threw a big boot at someone else, and the same thing. It didn't come within a foot. And they're taking the bump, and I'm just like, Dah, you got to have some contact. It looks so bad. So, yeah, it wasn't Gonzalez because she came in later and cleaned house, but... Go ahead and make your point. But anyway, yeah, so, so they were smart to put, like, two of the better wrestlers right off the bat. So it started out with some decent action, some decent back and forth. And then as you started getting more and more of, of especially toxic attraction in there, when you had your J.C. Janes and your Mandy Roses in there and your Cora Jades who falls off her skateboard as she's trying to get into the ring, you have Raquel who, like you said, misses everybody by about 15 feet. It got so brutal. And then the worst part about it is they were still doing the, like, war game spot so they're like setting up a table but it takes like six minutes for them to set this table up and then for someone to come off the side and then they put a trash can on dakota kai and then that takes like five minutes for that to happen then Io Shirai does a moonsault to dakota kai and tries to smash the trash can but it doesn't smash and then they're just hitting each other with kendo sticks and then they're doing moves on kendo sticks and they're Cora Jade's doing the thing with, and it's just like everything took so long to get going because it's like there was no natural movement in this match whatsoever. Nothing was done like with any sort of fluidity. And the idea that this was like a legit fight between these two warring units, I mean, it it it, it was a disgrace to the War Games name. And I think most War Games matches stink. And people have this like crazy idea that War Games are great because like a couple of them were good. Most of them stink. This one might be among the worst ever. I mean, it was just nothing redeemable, slow as hell, not worked at a brutal pace, not worked with any sort of pizzazz or or, or any sort of, like, hatred, just like us. That's, you just nailed it. You don't feel hatred between no. any of these teams. You don't feel any hatred. You know why? Because they build to these things over the course of, like, a month. Of course you're not going to feel any hatred. You know, it, it's... And the teams are thrown together. I, you know, yeah, no, but this was not good. And, I, and I'm like you. I'm not a big War Games fan, but this was one of the worst War Games matches I've ever seen. I mean, uh, I have to talk about Mandy Rose. I have to talk about Uh-oh. Mandy Rose. Oh, she's so she bad. is <laughs> atrocious. She is so Very bad. bad. <laughs> she is, I mean, and she's not like the least experienced per or is she? She might actually be. No, like, oh god, no. I think JC Jane is Cora Jade, like literally is is like twenty years old and started training in like twenty eighteen or whatever. So okay, I don't but she's been wrestling like three years. How long? Oh, you you're right. No, I think well well Mandy was on what well, she was on tough enough and that was back years ago. I don't know if we're are we counting that really? Mandy Rose. Yeah, because she was signed right after Tough Enough. So I want to say that's like 2015, 2016 that she's You're been right. signed. Mandy Rose has been wrestling since 2015, but exclusively in the WWE system. You're right. So she's and she's, she's longer than old. longer than Cora Jade. I think Raquel Gonzalez is pretty well, she's 2016, I think, is when she started. So she's a little after. Um JC Jane was on the Indies since 2018. Yeah, GG or uh, you know Priscilla Kelly, Priscilla she's like 2015, Kelly, 2016, yeah. So Yeah. Here here's my point though with uh with Mandy Rose. It's Mandy Sachs, in... little Mandy Sachs. 
she's she's been in this system since 2016 or 2015 like we just said she's 30 years old she's never gonna get it she is so bad she can't run the ropes still she does those little choppy steps oh, the chop when she steps. runs the ropes <laughs> that you immediately lose me when you do the little choppy steps when you run the ropes you've been doing this since tw- you've been doing this since like the fucking Obama administration. If you can't run the ropes, yeah. If you don't know where the ropes are, like you're in trouble. Okay, it just hit the fucking ropes with some intensity. She doesn't have an athletic bone in her body, and that's so hard to overcome. I thought she was the worst person in the match, and she's supposed to be like the veteran of her unit. She's thirty years old. I mean, come on. I mean, Mandy Rose is bad, and she was bad in this match. I've never been impressed with Mandy Rose. I've talked about it before, but now she's in a big spot. And, you know, this isn't a two-minute match. Right. The the idea behind Mandy at this point is that she is like the veteran of NXT. She's coming from the main roster to kind of, you know, get these people on track and do this, you know, and especially with the younger uh, uh, group with the JC Jane and, uh, and, and Priscilla Kelly, who are still very, very young or whatever. And yeah, the idea is that she's kind of the veteran leader that, that knows how to work and knows what to do and has been on the main stage and been in the big spots. And yeah, she looks dramatically worse than the other two. And JC Jane is, is not very good at all. And, and Priscilla Kelly is, is I think pretty solid, uh, but really, I mean, is clearly the, the quote unquote super worker of this team because there is not much else. Yeah. I don't know. The, the cornball spot with popping the shoulder back in didn't work for me. Um, the finish was flat as hell. So we had two war games matches, 40 minutes and 30 minutes. These both could have been 20 minutes. I don't know the time between it you know, getting into the ring or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but so maybe 20 isn't realistic, but um, both of them felt like they went way too long. Yeah. And this, this women's one was, was just a terrible, terrible match. Uh, we had what was not a terrible match, probably my match in the night. And I would say most people's match in the night uh, tag team titles here, Imperium, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, defeating Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, uh, really good stuff between these two guys. And again, 15 minutes, this, this type of stuff, I'll, I mean, this, this is to me the essence of, of a pro wrestling. This to me is the essence of something like an NXT where you can take someone like a Von Wagner who's still trying to kind of figure things out and learn the craft or whatever, and you put him in the ring there with three guys that know what the fuck they're doing and, and understand and are great workers. And by proxy, like Von Wagner looked pretty good in this match, had a really good match, you know, saw how these guys work, was, was in there, you know, teaming with a veteran like a Kyle O'Reilly, you know, going up against a Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel who are just fantastic, like arguably one of the best tag teams in the world right now. And it, yeah, this I thought was Really, really good. I mean, is it going to make any match of the year list? No, absolutely not. But I'd say far and away the match of the night. I mean, just really good action. 15 minutes, didn't overstay its welcome. Hard-hitting, impactful, big moves, but not too many. Like, just just really, really good professional wrestling from, from in this match. Best match of the night, best match of the weekend, one of the best tag matches of the year, in my opinion. I thought this was great. Um, you want to talk about uh, breakout wrestler, in terms of performance on this show, it was Fabian Ackner. That's who it was. Oh, he was, was Cora great. Fabian Ackner, and this is a guy who I've I've been talking up for years. And still, still only 31, by the way. Yeah, I mean, look, they're never pushing him. So that's not what I'm saying here. I have no delusions that he's ever getting pushed. Okay? Uh, that's not going to happen. But the best wrestler on this show, the, the person who stood out the most on this show, was Fabian Ackner, and it's not even close. This was the best performance of his life, and he's always good. Yeah, I remember seeing this guy on uh, 
on uh, British indie shows, you know, five, six years ago or whatever. And I can't remember what his name was, but, um, but I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he, this is a real prospect. And, you know, this tag team, like you said, is one of the best tag teams in the world. There's no doubt about it. He was phenomenal in this match. And I thought, you know, Von Wagner didn't get in the way. No, he's, he's clearly not anywhere close to any of these other three, but he didn't get in the way. And then the cage match the next night with O'Reilly, which certainly felt like a write-off. We will um, talk about we will talk about that in, in a bit here. And again, he didn't get in the way. Like, you know, it, it's I don't I don't have any high hopes for Von Wagner either. I think he's too generic. He obviously has size, um, but he doesn't strike me as someone who's ever gonna jump off the screen in terms of charisma or anything like that. And right now, he's just a very very basic worker. I mean, that's all he is. But he didn't hinder this match at all. You know, he, he he certainly wasn't the star by any means, but he stayed out of the way and he didn't hurt it at all. I thought this was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, and, well, and what you hope life. happens, you know, you hope that, like, teaming with guys like Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. facing guys like Kyle O'Reilly, you get better, you know, over the years. You, you, you learn some stuff. You get some stuff. This is what you do to get better. You don't get matches with other green people. And, that, and that's one of my worries with this new NXT is that they're going way far in the direction of just everybody's going to be green. And, and I don't know that that's the way that I would present developmental. That's why I said I loved, like, the early, early days of TakeOvers and the early days of NXT, which was, okay, we're going to hire some, you know, decent indie talent, and we're going to mix them with our, our, our you know, people that we brought up and our performance center people and that sort of stuff. And then integrate the roster that way, I think is the healthiest way to do it because yeah, you have your guys that can go and they work with your green people and, and ideally your green people learn and get better and get better. And we saw that, you know, in, in with quite a few people in, in early takeovers and early NXTs or whatever. And I feel like they're going a little too far in the other direction. Not yet. Like this war games is not that yet, but I feel like we're getting very close, especially if you're talking about Kyle O'Reilly and Gargano leaving, um, uh, very soon as well, is that you're going to start losing a lot of those, what I consider good, you know, independent workers, and you're pretty much just going to be left with just a, a, a ton of just super, super green people, and and, and that's going to be a, an issue. Yeah, they would cycle in your Tyson kids to go down there and, and, and work NXT because they weren't really doing anything on the main roster anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, this tag was, was by far the best thing on this show and really the best match I, I saw all weekend. Uh, Cameron Grimes defeated Duke Hudson in their much-anticipated hair-versus-hair match, and then Duke got the heat back by attacking Grimes, and he was going to put him in the chair, and then Cameron Grimes attacked him and put Duke Hudson in the chair and then shaved his head. So, Yes, it, it, it wasn't any good. It was a TV match. and I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay, but... It was corny. It was cool. And, the heat uh, was insane. Like the people, the people still love a good hair versus hair match. Like they, yeah. They, the heat was pretty awesome for this. They just they knew someone was going to get their hair shaved and and they wanted to see it. So that the gimmick worked in that sense. But uh, yeah, it wasn't any any great shakes. No, and uh, you know what people forget too is on early takeovers, it wasn't five match of the year contenders. No, they would no, have no. they would have stuff like this a lot on those early takeovers, but you only remember like. Cesaro versus Sami Zayn and 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 the stuff that, that 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 wasn't even technically a takeover I guess but um you know they'd have stuff like this uh, a lot on the early takeovers which you know weren't meant to be great matches weren't great matches and they were just you know little silly mid-card feuds but uh as you know to me it just came across like an average TV match uh and then uh, the other match we have not talked about yet cruiserweight title match Roderick Strong versus your boy 
Joe Gacy. And this is two, in my mind, competent pro wrestlers. Roger Strong is obviously a very good wrestler. Joe Gacy, I've seen matches of his that I liked. I don't know what, what did I miss something with this match? What was going on here? No, I didn't like it either. It was it stunk. Was, uh, I'm like, what the hell? These guys are good wrestlers, right? <laughs> like it finished abruptly too. Very abrupt. Finish. Very weird. Yeah. If you didn't see it, like uh, Roger Strong's hitting these high knees and he goes for one and he goes for two and then he goes for a third and then he just pins him. And it's like one, two, three. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like you really, you were waiting for the Gacy kick out. You were waiting for Roger to do something else. And he just pinned the guy and beat him. Well, I think it may have been, well, the next night on the TV, Gacy cut a promo and said, you know, it wasn't about the result. I accomplished my mission of equality and proving that a man of my size can be a cruiserweight challenger, like all this bullshit. Yeah, but he so lost. I think that was Didn't kind he... of the idea. Well, he's a, he was like, the result doesn't matter because okay. he has a larger point to prove and, uh-huh. and all this other. Yeah, so it's part of the gimmick. But yeah, the match wasn't any good and it finished abruptly and whatever they were going for uh, didn't really work. So, and Roderick Strong is stuck here because I think he's under contract for another year. Or two. <laughs> yeah, so, so he can't escape with the rest of them. Yeah, um, I think he'd be great for AEW. Um, you know, you get the whole band back together, so to speak. But uh, I like the Diamond Mine stuff, but this um, this didn't work. Yeah, well, you know, the thing with Roderick is he might have to be the guy that we're talking about, one of those guys that they believe can go in there with everybody, essentially like a trainer in the ring. Type yeah. of thing with Roderick, and and he'd be. I mean, he's a great choice if you're going to have that. You know, somebody be like that. So I, I'm very curious to see what they do if he is truly stuck there, and maybe he's okay with it, or he's come to terms with it, or whatever. You can. I mean, he's a great asset to have for the next year in NXT against these Green Workers. It, it all depends on what they're going to do with him, but it already looks like they're putting him in with maybe Braun Breaker or something like that pretty soon. So we'll see. But like, I you know, if he's stuck there and they truly don't want to get rid of him, and and yeah, I think there's a great way to use. Uh, someone that as talented as Roderick Strong for the next year is it? A, would I ultimately like to see him in AEW more? Of course I would. But if he's stuck here, try to make the most of it. I, I think you could definitely do something with uh, with Roderick and NXT. So you know, in terms of just pure work, there have been years and there have been times where I have genuinely felt that Roderick Strong was one of the ten best wrestlers in the world. We, I think you and I, I don't know if you and I had this discussion or I did it on one of the Patreon shows. This guy has been a great wrestler since like 2005. Yeah. And he had a couple years there where it was like, is Roddy losing it? But for like 15 of those 17 years, he's been great. Great. Yeah. I, I, I forget what it was. I was stumbling around and watching old 2005 ring of honor and there's old puffy Roger strong, you know, he yeah, uh, yeah. obviously had a different workout routine at that time or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah, this is pretty early Roderick Strong. And then he goes in there, and he's fucking great. And I'm like, oh, right, he was good, like, from the beginning and has been good for 20 years now at this point. It's ridiculous how good he's been. And at times, great. Like, there's been years where I've been like, he's a top 10 yeah, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. You know, and early was, in that career, too, like, he was already getting to that point by, like, 2007, 2008, yeah. and then had more years of that over the next 10, 15 years. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how good this guy's been for as long as he's been. And he'll be stuck here. And even if they push him, I, I hate this show so much because it's so terrible that it'll be hard to enjoy him. But um, I want everybody I like to leave this fucking company. I guess that's a good transition. Yeah, let's let's topic. speaking of uh, people leaving the company, uh, you mentioned there Kyle O'Reilly. He had a uh, blow-off cage match with Von Wagner. Uh, they did the whole cage door deal. They beat him down, destroyed him. And that was to me as explicit of a write-off as you could possibly have. Kyle Riley is done in NXT, probably going to AEW. I would say I'm more to lot to go to AEW at this point. 
Uh, but this was a write-off 100% for him. We'll talk about the Gargano and how there's there's some shades of gray there and some potential questions. There is no question for Kyle. And then he tweeted out today, like, smell you later. You know, this isn't goodbye. Like, this dude is so showing up in AEW. This isn't goodbye. This is goodbye for now. All those, like, cliche things yeah. that you say. Yeah. He and, and this was a write-off cage match. And look, that's doing business the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what you do when you're leaving. You put over Von Wagner who was your tag team partner. I did see some tweets that said, oh, that's a bad, after all Kyle Riley did, that's how you write him off. Yes, Yes, he's leaving. Fuck him. Destroy him. Destroy him. Destroy him. Pick a guy and have the guy that you want to be pushed. Fucking destroy him. That's wrestling, you dorks. God. The only thing I would have done different is I would have had O'Reilly attack Wagner. And and I would have positioned O'Reilly as the heel. And I would have had Wagner go over O'Reilly as a baby. Yes, yes. So after War Games, because if you didn't see War Games, like Von <laughs> Wagner tried to attack O'Reilly, but O'Reilly outsmarted him and, and kicked him and said, I saw that, you know, I saw it coming. I saw your turn coming or whatever. But yeah, I'm with you. It would have been a lot better if Kyler just beat him down and said, oh, you young kid, you're not on my league or whatever. And then the next night, you know, or two nights later in, in a cage, Wagner proves that he's not just a kid and that he's better than him or whatever. Yeah, and does the same beatdown and everything. I'm with you. Yeah. And then if you want Wagner as a heel long term, you could just turn him the next week. Right, like, right, right. You could just do some angle the next week and now he's a heel. You know, that's that's no big deal. I just think it all would have worked better if O'Reilly was the the heel in this instance. But either way, it was a clear write off. And you can kind of see with AEW with the Bobby Fish, Adam Cole kind of loose connect not loose connection they acknowledge i was gonna say very not loose very tight connection but fish is like not part of the elite he's just cole's buddy and that's what we talk about with aew all time how we like the way they do that it doesn't have to be you know people could have relationships outside of their crew right not everybody has to come out in a crew together and all wear the same t-shirts they can just you know like each other but have different plans and different objectives yeah, yeah, right, and have their own lives and careers and, and things. And it's not like the Bucks have not been nice to Bobby Roode. They, they, you know, they, they, they're like, oh, okay, this is Adam Cole's guy, and we know him. Uh, you know, so it's not like this subtlety hammer thing. But if you notice, Adam Cole has abandoned Bobby Fish twice in the ring and left him there to die. I was there live for one. I was there live watching him on uh, Rampage. Yeah, and. Just left them there to die, and I think that was the the planting of the seeds. And now, obviously, with Kyle O'Reilly available, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but it would definitely seem reasonable that uh, Bobby Fish kind of starts seeing through Adam Cole and has enough of this shit. And then, you know, they bring in Kyle O'Reilly, and there you go, Red Dragon, which would be phenomenal. I mean. We know the history between Red Dragon and the Bucks, and those guys have had some of the best tag team matches of that decade. Because that feud was like 2014 to 2016. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the best tag feuds of that period. And Red Dragon's obviously awesome. The New Japan run, everything else. So that's the obvious end game here. And I think maybe as baby faces to go against the Elite mm-hmm. and against Adam Cole and against the Bucks ultimately. So... That's O'Reilly. He appears, I think we all agree, to be done. I don't even think he's No, there's no question. Yeah, he's not even hiding it. They're not hiding it. That that was a write-off. He's history. So thank God. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I'm glad he's escaping. I'd rather see him out of there, especially off of NXT 2.0. And I'd much rather see him in AEW. So O'Reilly's out. Now let's talk about Gargano. So Gargano, uh, in the last segment of uh, NXT, he comes out. He's... 
he's holding back tears and he cuts out he gets out there and tells a long story and all this promo and a little bit of a career and it's it's you know it's a kind of a quote-unquote shoot promo in that sense where it's you know johnny talking about his real life you know mentioning people backstage terry taylor gets a a name drop heartbreak Gets a name drop. That's apparently what he calls Shawn Michaels for some reason. Uh, and you know, he cuts a promo and saying, you know, eventually he says, you know, I don't know what my next step is going to be. And and change is, 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 is hard and change is weird, but sometimes change is necessary. And the fans go, no, no, no. And he goes, I don't know what that next step's going to be, but I do know that in February. And they go, no, 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 no. He says, I started a new full-time job as a father and then they go yeah and then he's attacked by Grayson Waller who comes in with a chair and destroys him and they did a great job of shooting this as well because it's so zoomed in on Johnny and the fans are going no Johnny look they're all trying to point and yell at him and he's just like you know doing his promo and saying I've always wanted to be a father it's my goal in life to be a father and now I have to worry about my you know you know my new child coming to the world and everyone's screaming no Johnny's coming and then all of a sudden bam out of nowhere comes Grayson Waller with a chair and then he destroys him he puts him through a table and that is how NXT goes off the air with Grayson Waller putting Johnny, Gar- Johnny Gargano through a table. So you're left with and, at the end of NXT. Selling, like, and, Gar- and Gargano is selling like he's just dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's absolutely dead. Yeah. And so as NXT 2.0 goes off the air, you might be thinking, okay, there's two ways that this could have gone. This could have been a way to do a soft goodbye where he says, I don't know what my next step's going to be, but in February I'm going to be a father or whatever, and maybe I'll go do that or whatever. Yeah, you know, you're left with that being a possibility. You're also left with the possibility that, okay, well, he's going to take some time off, and then when he's ready to come back, he'll have a feud with Grayson Waller, who destroyed him. The problem, though, is after the show, and this is kind of if you're not you know in tune uh, on Twitter or whatnot, you might have missed this, but there's photos coming out of him in the ring crying. He's in there with Champa, and they're sitting in the middle of the ring cross-legged, and they're they're crying and hugging each other, and it's like, I think this was a write-off, right? Like, this is that's where I stand on it, but I absolutely see how some people could say, oh, they're just setting up for a future uh, feud with Grayson Waller, and it's possible it could be both those things. It's possible that, they, that Johnny still doesn't know what he wants to do, and is saying, hey, you know what, do something to kind of write me off, and if I want to come back, do something that's going to get a guy over, and then I'll decide when I decide, or whatever. He could be just, you know, telling WWE, I'm not sure yet, I'm not sure yet. He could be lying about that, and he's already, you know, ready and, and, and ready to go with an AEW deal. I don't know. I don't know anything about Johnny Gargano. This one was less cut and dry. Kyle O'Reilly was no doubter. Uh, the Gargano thing is a little more shades of gray, and you you do have both ends of this. I read it more as a write-off, but I have seen people with, with very good arguments that this was just to kind of take him away for a little bit until he comes back and, and, and faces Grayson Waller. I think it was designed to leave the door open. Um, but ultimately, I think he's going to leave. But you're right. This was to leave the door. Because now, if he does decide to resign, you've got the built-in program. So, Or if he doesn't come back, it's the perfect write-off. Because the final image is seeing him dead yeah. next to that table. So and Grayson Waller, it, it was... who obviously impressed them at War Games enough to make... Him the fight. I mean, you 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 take all yeah. that heat of Johnny Gargano's go away promo, and I this good heat too. Like there were some people being like, I can't believe that. I love it. It's wrestling one one for me, man. I fucking it is perfect. of course. And if that's a write off, it's a, it was two. They did a good job with both write offs. Yeah. If that mm-hmm. turns out being a write off, and I thought the angle was great. I thought Waller had a very good two days. I thought he was very good on the pay per view, and I thought he was very good in this angle. Um. He he comes off a little generic. I I think Waller's the kind of guy where if he if he hits on the right gimmick at the right time, you could have something. But again, this is WWE. 
And when you try to analyze this too much, you remember, oh yeah, they can't make anyone a star. So what's why even waste your time trying to break it down? That's the problem. But um, yeah, I thought he came across great on, on both nights, and the angle was great. As far as Gargano goes, I, I do think ultimately he'll leave. He might disappear. Um, they'll have the kid in February. Maybe he wants to spend some time with the kid. So you might not see Johnny Gargano until the spring. Yeah. Or he might be just raring to get at it. And, you know, he pops up on the TBS debut of Dynamite. I mean, it, you know, but it's good that we don't know. That's fun. Right. I, that's why I like this closing angle a lot. Because, yeah, there, there, there is justification for both ends of it. And, yeah, I could, I could buy that he's going to AEW. I could buy that he's taking time off for his kid. I could buy that he's going to show up in February at AEW. I can buy that he's going to show up in a couple. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can go. And I like that. Like, and, and, and to WWE's credit, like, their lasting image, their last image is one of their guys that they're pushing, beating the hell out of him. So if that's it, and that's it for Johnny Gargano, that's perfectly fine. If he comes back to NXT after a couple months, perfect. You got a ready feud. So I think WWE played this well. Like you said, I think both write-offs were done very, very well. With, with Von Wagner obviously getting the, the best uh, of O'Reilly and Gargano, you know, the big heat for, for Grayson Waller. And then, yeah, leave the door open if he decides. But uh, my guess is that Gargano's probably just going to take some time off and then show up in AEW. But, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. And I guess we're doing this thing with Gargano that we did with Tony Nese and Bobby Fish and Jay Lethal and all these other guys. Oh, are we pretending he, he's bad now? We're pretending that Johnny Gargano is bad and, ah. and we're pretending we're pretending that there's no room for Johnny Gargano. And, <laughs> right. And we're pretending that AEW doesn't need Johnny Gargano. This is what we're doing. We're doing it with him now. But the difference between Johnny Gargano and Tony Nese and Bobby Fish and Jay Lethal, with no disrespect to those guys, because I think they all deserve a spot in the roster too, is not only is Johnny Gargano a excellent hand and a great wrestler just like those guys, but he's also a legitimate fucking star. Have we forgotten this? Have we forgotten that this man was filling basketball? I, I know. I, I saw a lot of people, and it was in our Discord. And again, like I, you said, our Discord is the most WWE-friendly uh, that there is, but I saw a lot of people being like, oh, hey, Johnny, yeah, oh, yeah, and I hope he doesn't go to AEW, and I'm like, this dude, I mean, for all the, the shit that people talk about this guy, and yada, 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 like, this dude was one of the top guys in this company when they were regularly selling out basketball arenas for big-time shows, you know, regularly doing really good numbers across the country, touring or whatnot, and he's a part of some of the greatest matches that that brand has ever had, and, and yeah, we kind of lose sight of that because he stayed there for, like, two, three years longer than he should have, but, like, let's not just pretend that overnight this guy became a terrible wrestler. He, he's... He's still very good. <laughs> I I, uh, I would not bet against this guy. I, I'll just tell you that. I am not betting against this guy uh, if he does no, show up in I, AEW. Listen, so. it's a no-brainer if he's available. Not only is he a proven drawing card, against, by the way, oftentimes, a guy that you just signed. You got Adam Cole right there. They had a feud that legitimately drew a shit ton of money. Okay? Not only that, but the guy's a great wrestler. He's one of the best tag team wrestlers of this generation. I've said that consistently for years. And it's not just the team with, with Tommaso Ciampa. He was a great tag wrestler in Evolve at the end. Remember when Evolve became Grapple Fuck? Johnny Gargano didn't go away. They moved him down the card and he transitioned into a tag team. And he was a great tag team wrestler then. And he's a great tag wrestler. He's a proven main event draw as a singles wrestler. He's a guy that, no matter where he's gone in his career, has eventually made it to the top of the card. Every stop of his career. Okay? 
came into Dragon Gate USA in a fray match. A pre-show fray. You don't get paid. Here's six or seven guys. Impress me. That's how he entered Dragon Gate USA. And he left Evolve as the biggest star in the history of the company. He comes into NXT without a contract doing television jobs. And look at the go away they just gave him. He leaves NXT, the biggest star in the history of the company. Or the brand or whatever you want to call it. Keep betting against this guy. Okay? this is He's a perfect example of the rich theory of the cream where it always rises. He's a great wrestler. He's by all accounts a great person. He can do it all. Heel, babyface, comedy, tag team, serious main eventer, melodrama if you're into it. He can do it all. What He's proven he can do everything. And he has drawn money. It is insane that there are people who think that he would not be a benefit to AEW or not fit in to AEW. Oh my god, I could think of a thousand different things I could do with Johnny Carcano, especially... Half of his lifelong rivals are there! Yeah, I was going to say, half of his lifelong rivals are there, and the other half are all people that he, he either hasn't faced or could have just fucking great-ass matches against those guys. Yeah, I think it would work out quite well, Joe. I am excited. I hope he does this. I hope he tells a- 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 NXT, yeah, I'll be back, and then just signs the AEW and shows up in February. That is my goal. That is my hope. That is what I want. You know, and it's it's he's got the stink of the melodramatic matches. How'd that work out for Adam Cole? Same matches. Ah, the most over right. guy. Uh, I I went to that uh, went to Rampage and Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Far and away the most over guy in the entire show. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The AEW fan base, it, that's Gargano's wheelhouse. Yeah, on they'll, top of everything they'll love else. him. They'll love him. They'll love him the moment he comes out, and he's gonna deliver. And he's by all accounts a great dude. He's got friends over there already. He trained Britt Baker. There's not a more tailor-made fit. And I have to listen to people say, ah, I'm not sure if he's a good fit. Are you crazy? <laughs> How's he fit in an NXT or AEW? How does he fit? Like a fucking glove? <laughs> right, like perfectly? <laughs> <laughs> like a top star immediately? That, that's how he fits. What are we doing here? What are we doing? You know, it's like... What the fuck? There's this new thing with AEW fans where they don't want good wrestlers to come into the company. I don't understand. Yeah, we are, we are at capacity of good wrestlers. We can no longer have any more good wrestlers on our show. It's, it's crazy talk. And this one happens to be a money-drawing star. <laughs> Who's friends with everybody. Who's regard. friends with everybody. <laughs> Who, by the way, Johnny Gargano main event. Joe, I just don't understand how Brian Danielson and Johnny Gargano is going to work. So you know, tell me how that works. How those two men <laughs> have a wrestling match. I mean, see, I'm fucking Johnny Gargano. I don't know. Say what you want about some of the Tommaso Ciampa matches, and we said it. Okay. Oh, we're front say and center. Front and center on that. But Johnny Gargano's main event matches over the last six years. What was he there for six years? Uh, correct. Yeah. Over the last half decade, you could argue that Johnny Gargano's main event matches got better reactions than any other wrestler in the United States. Rich, you went to some live. Oh, yeah. Insane. I I would argue that there wasn't a main event wrestler in the 
the United States over the last half decade more over in the buildings than Johnny Gargano. No, I and like I, I voted my match of the year. I was there live for Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano from Takeover New York, and I yeah. there were grown men weeping when that dude won. Me and my friends were screaming at each other, just jumping up and down when he finally won. I mean, yeah, you people that were in that building. I mean, th- that is. I have been to see. I've been to Money in the Bank. I've been to these incredible, you know, big time, big time things. That is right up there with the biggest reactions, the loudest reactions, the most just visceral like enjoyment of a match I've ever seen is Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. And I've seen DIY matches live with the exact same thing. I've seen plenty of Gargano matches over the years. I mean, yeah, this is it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous that people. And think even that if this... you don't like the Champa stuff, he's been in some of the best matches over the last half decade in the United yeah. States, both tag and single. I actually kind of had the idea this week, and I, I'm doing some other series as well, but I kind of, as I was hearing people say, oh, I don't know, I, yeah, Johnny Gar-, I was like, fuck it, for Patreon, I'm just going to watch good Johnny Gargano matches and just yell at you people about how great he is. Fucking Gargano and Shingo, we talk about that match for years, we've talked about how great that was. And that WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. The heel turn match. It's, it's a great match, it, too. It's an unbelievable, all-time great heel turn and an unbelievable match. That was mean, a decade ago at this point, right? Like I've seen him do plunder. With Chuck Taylor. I mean, there's literally nothing this guy can't do. He's, oh, I was at, yeah, another match I was at. Him versus Chuck Taylor. DGUSA. Uh, that was a great match. He's a Swiss Army knife. He does it all. I, I mean, I, 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 it's baffling to me. I mean, did those melodramatic matches really have that strong of an effect on people's perception of this guy? I mean, I, I agree he can be, but again, it's also what he was told to do. Right, I'm at the point now, especially if you look at what Adam Cole's done, you look at what Brian Danielson's doing, I think we need to maybe have an adjustment period for every one of these guys. Like, if the guy has been good at a certain point and now is bad in WWE, we might want to maybe give it some time in a new company to figure out. Because it's very possible, and we've seen it with Brian Danielson, who knew, okay, here's all you guys need from me, here's the bare minimum. I don't have to do X, Y, and Z because you guys don't care and you guys don't want me to do X, Y, and Z, but the second I'm able to do X, Y, and Z again, I'm going to fucking do it all over again. And we've seen that with Brian Danielson. He snapped right back to 2006 Brian Danielson. After years of feeling like, oh, that guy's done, we're not going to get the old Brian Danielson. Fuck off. We're right back there. CM Punk in the same way. Like, I think CM Punk is working very much like older CM Punk and very much not like WWE CM I mean, yeah, I, I think... I don't know. It's how, how old is this guy? Like thirty-five. Johnny Gargano is. I want to. He's. I think he's the same age as me. So I want to say he's thirty-four. Yeah, he's he's born the same year as me, nineteen eighty-seven. He's only thirty-four. Holy shit! And he's thirty-four years old. Yeah. You're not even talking about a guy who's like forty. Oh. But you're only going to get three, four years out of, and then you might want to wind him down. This guy's thirty-four. I'd argue he hasn't hit his prime. I mean, wrestler prime is often late thirties. I mean, shit, it's such a no-brainer. I, if there was a draft of... If every American wrestler, wrestler in an American promotion became a free agent tomorrow, how far do people think Johnny Gargano would fall in that kind of draft? It wouldn't be very far. I wouldn't be far in my draft, I'll tell you that. You know, I mean, that's a premium pick. So, I hope he leaves. I want everyone to leave. Kevin Owens, come on down. You're next. I want everyone to leave. Everyone <laughs> to leave. Everybody because that's good should leave. Yes. I want them all to go. It's a wretched place where everything sucks. I don't want them there. Sami Zayn, I don't know if you're healthy. You might be washed. 
Come on down. Let's, let's try. Give it a try. Let's find out. Let's find out if you're washed or not. Let's see if that shoulder stays in place. Come on down. We'll figure it out. You probably only have to wrestle once or twice a month. Claudio Casanoli? How you doing, pal? That guy ain't going to do it. <laughs> he ain't going to do it. Nah, he's, he's, he's a lifer, hey, look, I think. He's happy. Look, and that's the thing. The ones that keep re-signing and say that they're happy, I don't have any beef with them. No. That's why I don't pick on Ricochet like everybody else does. The man's happy. Let him be happy. I wish he wasn't happy, to be honest, but you're right. <laughs> I wish he wasn't happy. I wish, I wish Cesaro had more drive to, to, to be more, uh, you know, creative, just, just, just to, to fulfill things. I, I wish he had that thing that Brian Danielson decided where he said, you know what, I want to wrestle. I want to have one last run where I wrestle. I wish Cesaro had that. I wish Ricochet had that, but they don't. They don't. Cesaro never makes a peep about not being pushed. No, he doesn't care. He's good. He just go, he likes his job. He likes the people he works with. How can I be mad at a guy like that? He's making a shit ton of money and he's happy. You know, selfishly, I hate it. I hate that he's a lower mid carder who does three minute jobs on TV. It's such a waste of a guy who was one of the best in the world. But I can't be mad at him. The ones I get mad at are the ones that sign and then complain. I don't want to hear it from them. Because you know what you're getting into. Cesaro knows the deal. Ricochet clearly knows the deal at this point. I have no beef with them. It's disappointing. But I'm not mad at them. But I want, I want these people to all fucking leave. I want everyone to leave. I want them to be left with Roman Reigns and The Miz and all the NXT 2.0 geeks. That's all I want left in that company. Just everyone else that's worth a shit, just fucking leave. Because it's terrible. All three shows are the shits. Have you tried watching SmackDown lately? No. <laughs> no, I have not. So Don't. I'm not going to, so thank you. You watch so I don't have to. I don't know why you watch, but you do. So I watch, and this is how I am. I'm, I'm by myself in my living room. Ranting to Raymond like a lunatic. Because <laughs> these shows are so bad. Complaining on our Discord that I, that I fucking... Have to, I sacrificed my time to watch this to keep up on it. And I hate it. Rich, I hate it so much. It's all so bad. Irredeemably bad. Rich, they introduced Sami Zayn for the main event on SmackDown last week. And the, and the match didn't start until like 38 minutes later. He's in the ring. They're doing backstage promos, commercials. <laughs> he had to wait 38 minutes. And you know, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like his music's playing. He's got to sit there and do the, the wrist rolls as he's waiting. <laughs> Two commercial breaks. Backstage segments with fucking, uh, uh, what's her name? DeVille. Hair up, square up. There's a gimmick from six years ago I'm still talking about. <laughs> it was a good gimmick. We love that gimmick. I still do. I enjoyed her. Then Goldberg, not Goldberg, then Lesnar comes down and, you know, beats him up. And then Roman finally comes, then Roman's entrance takes nine minutes. He gets in the ring with two minutes left in the show and just spears him and pins him. <laughs> After the week before, when, you know how Sammy earned the title shot, Rich? How did Sammy earn the title shot, Joe? They did a battle royal to determine the number one contender, and he hid outside. The oh, ring. he's so smart. Have you ever seen that one? I have, before? Joe, I have never once in my life seen that. How smart is Sami Zayn? How smart, how innovative. Wow. And then when he won, 
they cut to a scene of Roman and the Usos and Heyman. <laughs> no way. Backstage? Was Heyman making funny faces? They cut to them in their Holiday Inn Express <laughs> lobby that they're always in. <laughs> their fucking hotel lobby that they hang out in. Complete with the USA Today on the fucking table. Yeah, USA Today, the, the waffle maker in the distance. Yeah. A, a, a bowl of oranges and a waffle maker in the distance, yeah. And Roman is pointing and laughing at the screen, like, ah, oh, this guy. Oh. <laughs> right. Why do you watch this? Like, ah, oh, this is the number one. <laughs> I have no problem with this guy. Then He's... the next week, uh, you know, Lesnar comes out. So Lesnar comes out. Gotta give you the theme songs. Zane comes out, and uh, Zane starts cutting a promo on Lesnar, telling him he's the number one contender. And Brock cuts him off and goes, "I don't even know who you are. What's your name?" That's a shoot, by who the are way. You? <laughs> That's probably a shoot. So. Right. So this is how they built up uh, the yeah, title. I don't. Match. You 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 cheated your way into the title match, and I don't know who you are. Yes. Can't the wait. champ. You you cheat your way using the oldest fucking trope in the book because they're devoid. They're just completely bereft of new ideas. Then the champion laughs at you. Then Brock Lesnar says he doesn't even know who you are. And you cower away from him. Now, if this is a write-off for Sami Zayn, it's fine. I have no problem with it. But I doubt it's a write-off. And then they wonder why SmackDown's ratings are shit lately, too, the last couple of weeks. No one likes this stuff. It's bad. And it's broken. It's all broken. So I want them all to leave. Yes. All of them. <laughs> Every last one of them. All right. So let's, uh, we have a few more topics to get to as we uh, squeeze these into the last hour of the show. But I think we're going to be able to do these. I, I think we're going to be able to do it for sure. But uh, before we do that, I do want to let you know this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at MyBookie. And when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. And that's why you should bet with my bookie at my book you can bet on all of your favorite sports with exclusive promotions contests and more to find your winning bet right now when you make your first deposit with my bookie you'll instantly receive double your first deposit all you have to do it's very easy is go to mybookie.ag sign up and use our promo code voices and my bookie will double your first deposit instantly up to a thousand dollars if you put in 50 bucks they'll put in 50 bucks you put in 250 they'll put in 250 if you put a thousand they will do it up to a thousand instantly and you can use those extra funds to bet on the week's biggest games huge nfl games nba games college football getting hot and heavy with the college football playoff coming up bowl games coming up right around the corner as well so there's plenty of stuff to bet on this promotion is only available for a limited time so don't miss out head to mybookie.ag and use that promo code voices and secure your double deposit bonus today once again that's promo code voices so you can double your funds to double your winnings bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie, mybookie.ag, promo code voices. All right, so patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. I got a big story back there that went up on Wednesday regarding the All Japan Pro Wrestling Departures exclusive notes that you, I, I know you're not getting anywhere else. Who is reporting straight from sources in All Japan Pro Wrestling? No one's doing it. So if you want the story, of why Nomura is leaving All Japan, of why Koji Iwamoto is leaving All Japan, uh, what's going on with Zeus and Osaka Pro, uh, what seems to be the issue, and why All Japan 
continues to lose wrestlers after Yasuke Okada left at the end of 2020. I talk about that. I've got quotes from people in the company in this story. So you're going to be caught up to date on everything that's going on with the recent All Japan departure. So the, the, the main part of the story here is both Nomura and Koji Iwamoto announced they're leaving this week. Nomura is uh, talking about uh, his injuries and and uh, how he wants to wrestle one more match before he leaves. And uh, Koji Iwamoto says he wants to take a break from pro wrestling and has uh, talked about wanting to leave for a year and uh, and also break away from All Japan. That's the surface stuff. What my story goes into is the reality of both of those guys leaving, the dirty details, uh, straight from sources in the locker room. So uh, that's on the $5 tier. I guarantee you're not going to get this story in The Observer. You're not going to get it on Fightful. Who else is going to report on this stuff? So uh, we're proud of this one. Uh, so we've got uh, uh, really good scoops on this, uh, complete with some quotes from people in the locker room. So check that on the check that out on the uh, on the five dollar tier. Rich, did you read my big story? I did, of course. Yeah, we were gonna we actually were gonna talk about this story a little bit in, in a little bit more detail, uh, and that was before you got some of these scoops and some of these exclusive details. So uh, you just kind of went over the basics there, but I think everybody else, since we're l- running a little low on time. Uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling five dollar tier to learn the real nuts and bolts of why these people are leaving and some some other issues of if you're wondering man that seems like a lot of people leaving all japan uh, as of late uh you are correct and uh joe you have some details on why that might be happening uh and what it means for the future of all japan pro wrestling as well so yeah great stuff up there uh patreon.com slash voices of wrestling we just finished up uh the last of our hall of fame shows i brought on fred morland uh we got real nerdy with the hall of fame talked some bill james stuff uh went to do award shares some some other great stuff on that uh fired up christmas edition as well the nurse answers your questions about uh, Christmas uh, and then you're also going to get some new stuff from me as well including the uh, conclusion of CM Punk best in the world uh, new episode of the yes movement the Brian Danielson uh, docu series that we're doing as well uh, and then the beginning of my Tokyo Dome series my next Tokyo Dome series uh, diving into some uh, random I asked people what they wanted to do and they wanted random Tokyo Dome matches so you're getting random Tokyo Dome matches and I've got my randomizer ready and I got a few matches picked out already so that's all coming up. That could be that could be ugly. It could get a little ugly, yeah. And I'm trying to. I, I I did a few. I did a few rounds on the randomizer. Usually I do one random. Uh, the first one was like really good, like a lot of really good matches, and I, I was like, ah, it needs a little bit of a mix. It needs yeah, a listen, little. If you get like if you get like Okada Naito, ignore it. Like, yeah, I like, skip. Eh, yeah, yeah. Well, we've I've done those. I've I've reviewed every like Tokyo Domain event uh, every January for Tokyo Domain event. So those I'm skipping. But there was a couple where I'm like, yeah, these are just good. Like this is just like seven good matches. I didn't want seven good matches. So I hit another yeah. randomizer, and I think I think I landed on one that's a perfect blend of good matches, matches people have never seen before, matches that people don't remember, and then also some really just atrociously weird matches. <laughs> So, um, it should be a fun, fun little series. Yeah. All and right. Remember, if you subscribe for five dollars, you get everything we ever did for five dollars. And if you subscribe for ten dollars, you get everything we ever did. Period. Plus all of the live shows and the live flagships. There you go. So, uh, and it's still the first week of the month. So uh, this is the best time to subscribe because you get the full value. So, uh, voicewrestling.com/slash Patreon. Patreon.com/slash voice of wrestling they both work there you go one of these days i'm gonna get a dot com for it i think just to redirect a flagship patreon or something like that so coming soon on that i don't don't go there yet but uh coming soon on that maybe i should just do it so someone doesn't buy it and squat on it so maybe i'll just do it today anyway 
let's get to Ring of Honor's final battle here. Uh, we are not going to do the eulogy uh, for Ring of Honor on this episode. Uh, if We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's coming down the line for Ring of Honor. If and when on this show they announce it's all over, if and when in April they announce it's all over, if and when they come back and it doesn't work, or if they do come... We're not doing the eulogy right now. I, I want that to be, uh, be official before we kind of go and talk about what Ring of Honor meant to the wrestling world and uh, the impact and all that sort of stuff. But... Um, I, for this purpose, I think we'll just talk about Ring of Honor Final Battle on the show, and you know, it, it it's called Ring of Honor Final Battle End of an Era. I think that if I'm reading the tea leaves right, that it feels like a lot of people in and around that company feel like this is it. I don't know. They're kind. They're they're still saying that they're coming back. I don't know, but we're not we're not doing the. I, I don't want to do that on this episode. We'll wait for that another day. But we're not going to truly talk about the end of Ring of Honor and what it meant yet. But uh, that that unfortunately could be coming down the line. Uh, as well, are you getting the same read on Final Battle as I am, where you're really just starting to think, "Is this is this really it?" Yeah, I think the, uh, I think if they do come back in April, like they said in their release, that you're not going to see any of these top stars come back. You might see some of the bottom and middle people, but everyone else is going to move on. So I think what you're seeing with people like the Kingdom and others, where it kind of feels like they're saying goodbye, it's because they are. So. Uh, that's my feeling on it, but it wouldn't shock me at all if this is the last Ring of Honor show. No. All right, so what's on this show is ROH World Championship match, Bandito versus Jonathan Gresham. I, I would uh, assume that Jonathan Gresham is uh, getting the win here, uh, probably leaving, you know, quote-unquote, leaving Ring of Honor as the champion, but I don't know. He's got his other plans, uh, appears post-Ring of Honor. Bandito obviously has his plans post Ring of Honor, so I don't know, and I'm not sure if it matters who wins the championship or who leaves with the title. I don't know, and that's what makes this hard, this show so hard without knowing uh, exactly what's going to happen afterwards. It's very, very difficult to, uh, you know, it's going away. So, like, I don't know. Does it matter who wins? I like, think it's whoever has said, you can book me in April. Yeah, right. And that's more likely to be Gresham. I would say that, yeah. So that, that my pick would be Gresham, but... Who knows? Well, what they should do is bring in Rhino to win all of the titles on this show. <laughs> and uh, she really set it up right. And just where's Ezekiel Jackson? Is he available? <laughs> he can come in and uh, another Pine famous Bluff. final champ. Yeah, they should have had the show in what Pine? What, what was the final ECW show? Is in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, right? Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, the home of ECW. Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Yeah, unbelievable. Or you can bring, listen, I think, you know, forget the Briscoes. Bring in DJ Peterson and the Trooper to take on the kingdom for these tag team titles. <laughs> As we run down a list of famous final champions. Uh, how many times have we brought up that Trooper DJ Peterson anecdote? <laughs> At least, it's been, you know, honestly, it's it's been a while. So uh, that's I a, love bringing that one up. Yeah, that's it's a like, good one. It's a classic one. The Trooper <laughs> DJ Peterson. Final AWA tag champs, both dead. So I don't know if you're going to be able to book uh, them to win these titles for the final. But listen, Rhino's available if you want to go that route. He is definitely available. Yeah. So, um you got that. Uh, the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett uh, versus the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe. I mean, if you're coming back, I, the Briscoes got to end this company or end whatever this run is. They have to be the champions, right? That would be fitting. Yeah, it's like irresponsible to not have them be the champions, leaving the company. They got to win. Yeah, whether the company survives, whether they come back, whatever, they have to leave here as the champions. They, you know, And just get them into AEW already. Did, did you see the promo that Jay Briscoe cut on FTR? Yeah. Oh my god! 
He is a frightening man. Like he, he's one of the only people in wrestling who cuts a promo, and I'm afraid he's going to come to my house and find me. Yeah, like oh, yeah. he is a terrifying man. He is so believable. And, and they bring that. They bring like, that to the ring as well. They bring that in their entrance. They bring it while they're in the ring. They bring that when they're they're searching for weapon. I mean, they 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 have that in spades. Love Jay Briscoe. He's just get them in. And I guess they're planting seeds for that. Why else would FTR and the Briscoes be talking shit to each other on Twitter? Um. So yeah, but yeah, they should win this match for sure. Uh, then we have uh, Violence Unlimited, Brody King, Homicide, and Tony Deppen versus Tracy Williams, Taylor Rust, and Eli Isom. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this Taylor Rust can't catch a break, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, I'm back. And they're like, we're going away. And we might never yeah. come back. He's like, okay, <laughs> thanks a lot. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Well, okay, you know what? He made his choice. He made his, his, his money. So, uh, All right. Then we have uh, ROH Women's World Championship. Speaking of not catching breaks, Roxy <laughs> develops and, yeah. and gets ready, wins a tournament, and then like literally on the next show they announce, hey, we're going away for a little while and we don't know if we're ever coming back. Uh, so Roxy is going to defend against Willow Nightingale. Uh, I see no reason to move it to Willow Nightingale. I would say just keep it on Roxy at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Especially if you do really plan on coming back. Yeah, but a lot of this is going to depend on whether on the people who want to come back. Right. That that I don't know who has told them, hey, look, um, I'm going to work final battle and I'm moving on and I'm not interested in working on a per date. You know, so it's an interesting show from that standpoint. So I don't know. Uh, then we have uh, moving on here, uh, Josh Woods and Brian Johnson for the ROH pure title. Um Two guys I can definitely see popping up in April. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't Actually, see a lot. Actually, you know, Josh, Josh Woods worked dark. I saw days. that. I saw that. So, yeah, you don't know. It's, 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 yeah. You don't know who now is open and who's, you know, who's making calls, who's really, you know. Because there's probably a lot of people that will say, hey, yeah, I'm going to wait around for you guys. There's probably a lot of people saying, hey, look, I got to fucking put food on this table. So, I don't, you know, I'm not going to wait around for you guys. And if, if I have better offers, I'm going to go get it. And it looks like Josh Woods you hit the ground running right away. For, so, good for him. Uh, as far as Brian Johnson, I, I like Brian Johnson, but I don't think uh, too many other people are going to make him calls to, to Brian Johnson. Uh, ROH World TV title, Dalton Castle, Rhett Titus, Silas Young, and Joe Hendry. You got, Rhett Titus has to win this, right? Joe Hendry's been waiting like a year to come back to Ring of Honor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. It's brutal for some of these people. Oh, it's so brutal. Rhett's got to win this, back. man. Yeah, he made it back. Yeah, yeah. Dalton has to win. Yeah. No, you think Dalton? I think Rhett Titus has to win this, man. Oh, I guess I could see an argument for Rhett Titus. So, you know, right? just like that. I, I, I'm of the mindset that this company's not coming back, so just give titles to people who... Gold watches. Yeah, I want gold watches for every one of these people here. So Rhett Titus needs a gold watch. Or or is it better if Rhett Titus doesn't win? If the, if the Is it fitting that Rhett Titus gets close and then just doesn't win? And that's how his chapter ends? They should bring back the top of the class trophy for red titles <laughs> he can win it again <laughs> and bobby dempsey bring bobby I, dempsey I, I, yeah he, uh, he's around you know hagedorn's still kicking around absolutely yeah shit. if it was if i was booking the final ring of honor show i'd have some names man andy right leg ridge would be getting a call right now <laughs> getting on the Watch. first plane <laughs> yeah no, I, sugarfoot yeah. shane <laughs> page or whatever the fuck or what was his name sugarfoot uh alex what the alex fuck was Payne? yeah alex Payne. sugarfoot alex Payne. yeah he's getting a call for sure what about Mitch Franklin? Don't forget Mitch Franklin. Yeah, Cornette's gone, so fuck it. Yeah, bring Mitch Franklin back in. Isn't yeah. that the guy you hated? 
Wasn't it Cornette? Uh, no, Cornette was mad because. Okay, so Mitch Franklin was Grizzly Redwood. Yeah, correct. Later on. Okay. And by the time Cornette got there, he was Grizzly Redwood. And he had booked a match for TV, Mike Elgin versus Grizzly Redwood. And it was supposed to be a squash. And Grizzly Redwood, the first thing they do is like Grizzly Redwood is like doing arm drags, right? Because Elgin was, he sold for him a little, right? And they get to the back and he's like reading Elgin the riot act. And Elgin's like, well, I respect him. He's a good worker and he's my friend. And Cornette's like, I don't give a fuck. He's fucking five foot. He's grizzly fucking redwood. (laughs) Yeah, I want you to squash him. I told you to squash him. So that was where the, I don't think Cornette ever disliked. Oh, well, he did because didn't, um, wasn't there something where later on Grizzly Redwood and Cornette had a big argument? Yeah, that's why I thought he was Grizzly like, Red- he was yeah. he was told that he could never come back. It was some sort of like, get right. the fuck out of here and never come back type thing. Two different stories. Yeah, yeah. That, you're right. There was some kind of thing and someone stood up for Grizzly Redwood. I can't remember who it was. And then they got fired too, I think. But yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about that. I haven't seen that guy's name in a, in a long time. I don't even know if he's still an active wrestler, but... uh yeah, in the, in the top of the class student trophy days, he was just plain old Mitch Franklin, Pell Primo in those days, and uh, Bobby Dempsey, the other Dempsey, can't remember his name, um, Hagedorn, Rhett Titus, that whole crew. That was like 2006. Um, Sugarfoot, Alex Payne, you know, that was that whole, those guys all came through together, and some stuck around, some didn't, some are still kicking around, most of them aren't, but... Uh, but yeah, I want Brentel Bright. I want uh, yeah. Give me those early What's Ring of Honor guys too. Give me all a special K. <laughs> <laughs> the whole group. I want all, of them. all in. Yep. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, Jay Lethal when he debuted in AEW, and he did the presser after the uh, pay per view, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm all about loyalty. I uh, I was a Ring of Honor for many years and." I'm the kind of guy who just who stays somewhere until the doors close. And I'm with AEW now, and I plan on being here for the rest of my career, right? Yeah. So then the next question is, hey, you going to be working final battle? He's like, no, I'm not going <laughs> Right, I'm there until the doors close, except for the final show where the doors might close. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm not, I'm doing not that show. Fin- yeah. I'm not going to be working final battle. I gave my notice, and I'm, I'm with AEW. <laughs> I'm an AEW wrestler now. <laughs> 30 seconds earlier, he was saying how he's the kind of guy who he's stays a pro wrestler. You, you can do whatever you want. You can't take the pro wrestler out of a pro wrestler. That's uh, I love it. And Tony, and it was all lethal because then Tony is like, oh, we haven't even talked about Final Battle. If he wanted to work Final Battle, I'm <laughs> sure we could. He's like, I'm sure we could work something out. I, yeah, in perfect Tony fashion. Yeah, just, just mile a minute talking about, you know, trying he's to. Like, that hasn't even come up. We haven't even. Oh, I hadn't even thought about Final Battle. And and was like, no, I won't be, I won't be working Final Battle. I, uh, I'm, I'm an AEW man now, through and through. I love it. It's a total fucking carny bullshit every time with these. It's just awesome. This is why wrestling is great. Yeah, because they're all just fucking carnies. They're professional liars, and it's great. Yeah. Why do people want to clean it up? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Seriously. Yeah, sleaze it up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rache Brown is the guy that Sean Cedor is thinking was stood up, and I think that's right because that, that would fit that timeline because he was on a trajectory to to really do some stuff, especially locally. Uh, in my area, in the Midwest, Rache Brown was doing awesome stuff out here, uh, and then one day just disappeared off the face of the earth in Ring of Honor, at least. So, it's it it could be, yeah. If anyone would know, it'd be Sean. Yeah, Moore. yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, so then we have uh, Fight Without Honor, Shane Taylor versus Kenny King. Joe, this might be the last time for K-I-N-G King. Could be it. King, what are you, what, what are you thinking about? I, you got to have a mixed emotions from this. It's been a long joke for you for, you know, as long as this show's been alive, making fun of Kenny King, so. Ah, oh, man. Got paid off in MSG, though, when he won that Battle Royal, right? Absolutely it did. Um using the trope that we saw on SmackDown this week. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Because I thought that was the first time it's ever been done when Sami Zayn did it, but you're telling me it's uh, been done before? Very true. Yeah, well, you know, um, history repeats yeah. in the pro wrestling business. Um, it was only done by every heel manager ever in WWF for 20 years. <laughs> you know. By Jerry Lawler in multiple <laughs> Royal Rumbles. Jerry yeah, Lawler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't Santino know. Santino in a Royal Rumble, uh, Hornswoggle in a Royal Rumble, but yeah, other than that, it's it's you know. Yeah. I don't know how can you predict any of these matches. I don't I, yeah, know. who knows? Uh, Dragon Lee and Ray Horus. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Neither double count out maybe. <laughs> well, you got one of the most exciting luchadors in the world and the least exciting luchador <laughs> in the world all in one match. <laughs> Ray Horus. <laughs> Ray Horus is the replacement level luchador. He right? is absolutely, he's just, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just such a bore. He's a just a fucking dud. Ray Horus. Uh, this is on the uh, this is on the pre-show. So they're doing a YouTube Honor Club face, uh, Facebook thing before. So the ROH six man tag team titles will be defended. Unfortunately, on the pre-show, Shane Taylor Productions, Moses Khan and O'Shea Anderson versus Vincent Bateman and Dutch. The righteous. O'Shea Edwards. O'Shea. Yeah. Edwards. What did? I, oh, what did I say? O'Shea Anderson. Oh, I don't know. Why I said Anderson. O'Shea Maybe Edwards. O.J. Anderson. <laughs> I, I. I guess I was thinking of O.J. Anderson. Was I thinking of O.J. Anderson? I don't. The think old I, cardinal and giant running back. <laughs> I don't maybe. think I ever thought of O.J. Anderson. But maybe. No. All right. I yeah. don't know. Um. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Yeah. You know? uh, there you go. Dutch is another one. Finally gets a big opportunity. <laughs> All those years after being cut by WWE and um, debuts in that fucking match in the firehouse. Remember that? Where he threw the guy off the fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like balloon guy. Hopefully. He gets yeah. You need, you need some balloon guy in your life. And yeah. unfortunately, it looks like you might get yeah. less balloon guy in your life. And then uh, this uh, match is also happening on the pre-show. Next three matches are all happening on the pre-show here. Uh, Chelsea Green and the Hex. Allison K. and Marty Bell versus Allure. Angelina Love. Manny Leone. Miranda. Alize. So All right. Should be a happening. <laughs> Should be a happening. It's a happening. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the Gorilla Monsoon after a Billy Jack Hayes undercard in WrestleMania match. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania, it's a happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we have a wild card 10-man tag. Now, this is the one spot. We don't know who's in this wild card. This is the spot. Hopefully we do this. This is where we can do... The Bobby Dempsey's, the Shane Hagedorns, the Special K's, the the Backseat Boys. Like, let's go. Let's let's call some names, man. Let's call some guys and call some names. Yeah, you never know who's gonna pop up. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping anyone. it's not Boars. I hope it. I hope it is a, a few old dudes and, and a mixture of you know classic Ring of Honor talent. But we'll, we'll see. When How about the Havana Pitbull, Ricky Reyes? <laughs> that would be uh, great. Yeah. How about Matt Stryker with the one eyebrow? About, uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> um, how about uh xavier who was supposed to come back before the pandemic that's right xavier yeah i well i want exactly he should he's run out win the the title the last to beat up jonathan gresham and bandito win the title he was booked by squirrel 
before the pandemic. That's Remember right. Yeah. Wacky shows Squirrel was booking, and then they all went out the window, and then Squirrel got uh, canceled to bring the show full circle. Um, who else can we dig out from ROH's past? A lot of names, Rich. A lot of eras. Yeah. Let us let us know in the the comments here, the YouTube comments, or uh, in our Discord. Yeah. Who, who should they bring out? Rich just pulled a let us know in the comments. How yeah. You know, I, well, hey, there's names that I forget. And then people bring it up. Like, let's remember some guys. Let's remember some Ring of Honor guys. We don't have enough time to do that. That will be in our eulogy episode. We can do our uh, let's remember some guys. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm being told Xavier would be a tough get these days, Joe. Did he die? I guess he died, yes. Really? I guess. Wasn't he booked last year? August, oh, well, yeah, August 16th, 2020, Xavier died. So No shit. Did we talk about that? How we missed that? I We must have, but 20, August 2020 seems like a long, long time ago. So, Well, sorry, but uh, yeah, he's... He, All right. That'd be a hell of a booking to get uh, Xavier for this Should show. Should I get Xavier? I don't think so. I mean, you can never say never, but uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like a very good uh, chance that he's going to show up there. Man. Yeah. I we I I honestly legitimately Joe I'm I'm not kidding I did not know that he, he had died I completely forgot about that I have no recollection of that either so sorry we it was not an intentional uh, thing from there but uh, there you go Loki what about Loki Joe let's have Loki yeah, show about him? yeah what about him who cares if he burnt a bridge you know man. that was water under the bridge I say it's the last show is Teddy Hart in jail. Hopefully, but I don't know. So, uh. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> all the classics. Bring them all in. Yeah, bring it. Set up a cage. Let him do a fucking absolutely. Ho pay off of it or some fucking his corkscrew moonsault thing. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. All right. Let's. <laughs> that is our which final battle. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's, we're not doing the eulogy yet. We'll see. We'll see what, if anything gets announced on the show. But that is our which final battle. Uh, let's do some NWA Hard Times 2, uh, Joe. Because if we don't cover NWA, nobody will. And uh, this was NWA Hard Times 2. It was an 11-match show. Maybe 10 uh, matches, I think, uh, eventually made tape. Uh, Tim Storm at one point said, Guys, what? how can we even call one match a main event? This is a show with 10 main events. And uh, <laughs> I like my man Tim on commentary. This was not a show with 10 main events, Joe. It was a show that I would argue had zero main events, but uh, it was an NWA show. I mean, for better or for worse, it was it was NWA. I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was pretty good, too. Every match was like eight minutes, in and out. Everyone's got weird characters. Good promos. Let me, let me yeah, rephrase I mean, Can I rephrase that? Yeah, sure, sure. It exceeded my low expectations. <laughs> yeah, I think How's that's that? fair. Yeah, I came in ready I, to bury this. I can't bury this show. I could just tell you that it was like, it didn't have 10 main events, as Tim Storm said, but like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I wasted my two and a half, three hours watching it. I, I thought like the first half of the show was actually pretty good. The first four matches I thought were pretty good. Yes, I agree. Um, then we had Tyrus and Scion, and I thought... <laughs> 15 minutes. Way too long. But I thought, okay, if this is the most faint praise ever, I thought it was the least offensive Tyrus match he's had on this run. It was a slow I would match. say that's probably fair. He wasn't, like, he wasn't good. Please he wasn't egregiously terrible and lazy like he usually is. Correct. Then I thought La Rebellion versus The End was pretty damn good. 
Although I will say that Paro... Paro didn't look great in this match, and I normally like him as a big man. Um, he was not moving around well. No, yeah, he's he's unfortunately taking the big part of big man a little bit too literal, I'd say, and and like he I don't know, cut a little weight. I, yeah, I he's you to say it before I said. Well, it, it's and it, it's true because like he, this is a guy who I think when he's big is awesome. Like he, he there's a certain big part of him that's awesome but he, he's just yeah i don't know it's not um he wasn't moving around great no it feels like it's it's really weighing him down a little bit and i, I don't mean that in like a an offensive way i just mean like there there's he's a lot better when he's got a little slimmer and can can move a little uh, bit better he, he's a big guy and we want him to be big right the problem is i think he's put on a couple pounds and i think it's affecting his movement exactly right right i um, think he's capable of a lot more odinson looked great i thought and mm-hmm. i thought bestia and mecha wolf really looked great um circle back to the top and we won't do intensive reviews of all these matches but I thought Austin Aries versus Rhett Titus was exactly what I thought it was going to be it was a, awesome I love that match a professional just two professional wrestlers guys. having a professional wrestling match is the best yeah. way to describe that match it was it was it was perfectly professional wrestling Aries has not lost a step he looked great um, Titus you know he gave you a Titus performance and we were off to a good start, and Aries moves on in this little tournament. I haven't read the spoilers for the tapings. Something that does annoy me is I think they taped some stuff before the pay-per-view. I hate that. Oh. I think they taped some stuff for TV. The oh, the OCD in me. Just, I can't, it fucking I can't bothers do that. Me. Yeah. It, really, it really bothers me. I'm going to double-check that, that. But Colby Carino, Doug Williams, I thought was a good little match. I thought Carino looked really good. Um. Oh, he's great. His- yeah, he I, I he's his look is good. He's put on some mass. He's actually like not a 17-year-old kid anymore. Like I'm I, my my the stock on Colby Carino is high. I think this guy's going to be great. I've always said he needs to gain some weight. It, 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 his look was really a barrier. Um but look, he start look, it's we all know <laughs> the story. He had some problems with the drugs. It really derailed his career. He was supposed to be with New Japan. Do you remember that? He was supposed to go to Dojo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right on. I think it was like a couple days later he was going to be going, right? And, you know, he's he's going to have advantages others don't because he's Steve Carino's kid. We know that. But if he keeps his nose clean and he does the right things and he keeps wrestling like this, I think it's going to work out for him. Uh, this was a really solid match against Doug Williams. And Doug Williams was obviously in for the tapings as well. Um and yeah, it was it was pretty good. And then Mickey James and Kira Hogan. I had very low expectations for this because I haven't enjoyed Mickey James' work all that much uh lately on Impact and 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 Kira Hogan, someone who I think is a little overrated. Yeah, she's still and, the problem that she has, and, and I saw it in this match too, is she's still kind of thinking through and doesn't have it. Yeah. You can tell when someone doesn't like have impactful moves. Like you talk about Sky Blue in, in, in a sense of somebody yes. that always is yes. like just paper soft and it's like everything is done. Like if she does a suicide dive, it's like she lands on her feet and then hits the purse. And it's like you can just hit him. It's Mickey James. Like she'd be okay if you just kind of laid it in a little bit on her. I'm not saying you got to shoot on somebody, but you know, like, and that's the thing that a lot of green wrestlers don't get. And it's, it's a hard thing to get. It's one of the things that I, I've heard from wrestlers is the hardest thing to know is like how to just say all right look i'm gonna get real close and i'm gonna maybe lay it in a little bit but like wrestlers want that like hey you know what if you gotta hit me a little bit hit me a little bit like you don't need to be super soft and super light or whatever because it looks unrealistic and that's where kira hogan just is at this point a little bit you know what i heard cm punk say recently he said i think it was punk he said wrestling is weird in that 
when you're working with your friends, you hit each other harder. And that speaks to what you're talking about because you're more comfortable when you're in there with somebody that you're friends with in laying it in because you know, they're not going to get offended or they're not going to think that you're stiffing them because you're buddies. Whereas when you work with someone you don't know, you're a little more careful in that regard. And then the match isn't as snug, you know? So it's interesting that you say that because punk said something like that. Not too long ago. It was, it had to be after the pay-per-view where else would I would have heard him talk unless it was on a podcast or something. But, um, that that's something in the similar vein as what you're saying. But, um, I didn't expect much out of this match. I thought it was going to be bad and I actually thought it was okay. So we were really off to a good start because then we had, uh, the kingdom against Aaron Stevens and J J R Kratos. And I thought the kingdom was really solid here. And I, I, I thought that they pushed Stevens and Kratos to a really good match. Yeah. This, this is probably, I want to say, I think I like Colby and Doug Williams a little bit more, and I think I like Austin Aries and Red Titus just a little bit more, but this is right there with one of my favorite matches of the entire night. I'd probably have those three in a tie. I thought this was really good. When you see some of the names, you're thinking, I don't know, is that going to really work? But yeah, I think OGK, like this is the perfect role for these guys. Like I, I, we talked about it a little bit last week, like putting these guys in a mid card tag team title thing, or they're a tag team champions for, uh, uh, you know, some company, or they're in like whatever. Like it, I think they're really, that's what the, the, Matt Taven should not be your world champion. Matt Taven should not be your main eventer, but Matt Taven as a tag team champion is fine. Matt Taven as a part of a regular tag team with Mike Bennett is fine. And I thought, yeah, these guys were really good here. And I thought Kratos and Stevens went neck and neck with them. I mean, sometimes Aaron Stevens can be one of those guys that you think like, oh my God, what's this guy doing? He's just in another world. I thought he was solid enough here too. So yeah, I think this was really good 10 minute back and forth tag team match. So I get through these four matches and I went on our discord into the NWA channel and I said, you know, I'm four matches in. And this is better than War Games and Triple Mania. And I know that the ugly stuff might be in front of me, but this show's not that bad. And then we had Tyrus and Sion, which we talked about already. Look, I think it could have been way worse. And I thought the end, I thought the finish was good. Yeah, I think they played uh, up the heat uh, well enough. They had, you know, uh, Austin Idol come in. And they originally, well, the seconds got kicked out initially. And then, you know, they kept Austin Idol. But then he got kicked out initially. And there was the, the interchange with the Pope and stuff. I mean, it was like, it was perfectly fine, like, kind of territory pro wrestling stuff, I thought. The finish actually stunk. I was thinking about a different match. But um, up until the finish, I liked when Sion put Tyrus through the table for the near fall. I thought that was a good spot. And Tyrus actually was willing to do something for once. But yeah, like you said, the stuff with the Pope as the referee, just old school territory stuff. I do think it went too long, though. I do think the match. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no universe. This needs to go 15 minutes. And then the the tag title match we already talked about with, with La Rebellion versus the end. I thought that was a really good match. Um, Chris Adonis versus Judeus. This did not work for me, but it was boring. boring oh, Judeus stinks. Like, what are they doing? It's what I told you. Like, um, I, maybe you see what I mean when I say Judeus just has no presence. No, there's nothing. He's just, he's a non-entity. The guy has no presence whatsoever. Like, he's this big guy who is just a guy. If this were 1987, even with his size, he'd be doing jobs on Wrestling Challenge. Because there's just... He's a non-entity, and it's a total waste of sinister minister James Mitchell who could be doing something far more interesting with somebody else. So I didn't like it at all. Camille Molina, Camille did what she could with Molina. Molina is brutal. 
man. She's not good. She, she really they, they introduced her as the living legend, which is like, pump the brakes yeah, on that. <laughs> oh, my crap. She did some splits on SmackDown 15 years ago. Yeah, let's like, reel in living legend. And yeah. she is brutal. I mean, she is one of the worst wrestlers I have seen this year. I mean, not trying to be mean, but she is just absolutely awful. Yeah. Terrible. Nick Aldis, Latimer. Um, I could you explain <laughs> the booking here? Latimer beats him up for for ten minutes of an eleven minute match, and then Aldis wins with like a jackknife banana peel pinfall. Is this supposed to be a blood feud? This is supposed to be Tom? Did you watch the 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 pre match video? Oh That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Week. It's you know, it's it's Nick Aldis's kids blowing out candles, and Tom Latimer's there, and it's them on parties and traveling the world, and it's Nick Aldis saying, you know, he's the reason I'm still in wrestling. And we traveled the world, we saw the world together, and then it cuts to him hitting a low blow, and then he threw it all away, and it's like, oh my god, okay, here we go. Like this man betrayed all this. He betrayed all this. His family, all this, can't wait to get his hands on him. So you would think that he would beat him to a pulp, and maybe. Latimer would just fucking give up and or maybe he'd beat him to a pulp and and the referee would stop the match due to the sheer brutality and disqualify all this or something. No, they went out there and like wrestled and Latimer just dominated the match. And then all this wins. They do like a banana peel finish where he wins with like a jackknife pinning combination. What the fuck is that finish? It didn't fit the tone of the match or the feud. So I didn't like this at all. Yeah, I, I wanted to like it, and I yeah, it was it was bad, and like the finish, like you said, it was just like a weird like we can't have Nick Aldis beat Tom Latimer. We got to like make sure that Tom Latimer keeps his heat. And I was world champ for like three <laughs> right. Years. We're trying to, and they're trying to sell that Tom Latimer like you know that the attack that he's still selling the attack, so he's not at full power. But like, does this feud really need to continue? Like, I think that this was the blow off, right? Just have it be the blow off. Like nobody is is waiting for the multi month Tom Latimer Nick Aldis feud. But uh, Latimer selling it like he got caught. Like, oh no, yeah, like, oh I had him and then I lost it, and it's like just have Nick Aldis beat this guy. Like, I yeah, I was very very dumbfounded by that. Unless they think that there's more time in this feud, and and I would very much disagree with that. So, so Trevor Murdoch versus Mike Knox. I thought the angle to set up this very strange main event was very good. The match, not so much. Uh, Mike Knox <laughs> brings nothing to the table. I, I, what, in what universe is Mike Knox? You're, you're, you're a guy that's going for your world title. Like what, why, what are you doing? I'm wondering if he worked the taping because he was such a non-entity in this match that if he was, I would have sent him home. Taping, I would have sent him home. I would have said, Mike, here's your money. I'm going to pay you for the next three days of work, but your services won't be needed, sir. Thank you for coming by. And uh, we'll call you. Don't call us. Because this was just a nothing match. Nothing. Nothing. And Trevor Murdoch works hard in the NWA. I'll give him that. He works hard. And he couldn't get anything out of Mike Knox. So uh, this did not work for me either. The final three matches really didn't work. The final four matches didn't work for me. I thought the first half of the show... The first five or six matches, I en- I was enjoying the show. Now, I didn't hate the last four matches, but none of them did a thing for me. And I thought the main event was just such a dud. But I guess it was more about the post-match anyway, right? Right. Matt Cardona comes out, and, and, and he's challenging for the title. And uh... Really weird angle, though, because Cardona comes out, 
And he's kind of doing that disingenuous heel thing where he's congratulating Murdoch, but really he's being a dick. And then um, Knox gives a low blow to Murdoch, and then Mick Foley comes out. <laughs> right? This is, none of this is a lie. This all happened, by the way. If you're, if you're wondering, it sounds like a Mad Libs, but no, indeed, this is, this is exactly what happened. Yeah. Mick Foley in a, in a sad outfit came out. And yeah, who had cut a promo earlier that really was a promo that I don't know, understand, like, was totally pointless. But he comes out, and he goes, I don't like what's happening to... I don't know why I'm doing the Mankind voice. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Paul! <laughs> I, don't I don't like what's happening to Trevor Murdoch. So I've got something for you, Mike Knox. Bang, bang! And then the Pope comes out for some <laughs> reason now. So now the Pope comes out and attacks Knox. Okay, now you're making this up. <laughs> but then Knox just beats up the Pope. Like, he yes. didn't even save anybody. <laughs> And then Foley's just gone. I don't know what like he, came he did out. his and he was done. He was out. I did yeah. my thing. I'm done. So there's no way that Mick Foley thought any of this was a good idea, right? He just did what he was told. Like he knew this angle sucked, right? He has to know that this angle. Sucked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to have said to at Billy, "Listen, wouldn't it be smarter if maybe." I got involved, and maybe they, I don't want to take bumps, but maybe they can. Oh, yeah, he's, he's one of the smartest guys in, in wrestling. Yeah, yeah for sure. He, he's he smart. He couldn't have know. thought this was good, because he just said, I got something for you, and the Pope comes out, and then the Pope gets beat up, and Foley's nowhere to be <laughs> Rolls out of the ring, and he's out. <laughs> Not, he was at the podium. He just, like, went back to the back. Like, he's like, <laughs> right. he was like, oh, I guess that didn't work out for the Pope. I'm out of here. Um, and then you just fade to black with Mike Knox and... Matt Cardona beating up Trevor Murdoch and the Pope. So I'm sure we're going to get a hot tag match at the taping at some yeah. point between those four. But, um, ah, that was, that was hard times. I mean, some, it's some of it over delivered. And yeah. Some of it was very NWA. I, I think it speaks to like where NWA is at this time. It's like, I think there's a lot of really fun, interesting talent in, in the NWA and people like a Colby Carino, uh, even older guys like Austin Aries and Rhett Titus, I think bring a lot to the table. Um, there's some fun stuff up and down the card, like La Rebellion, uh, uh, you know, even even people, you know, like uh, Camille or whatever, who, who's a push commodity or whatever. The problem is there's just so much old TNA, old bad WWE guys up and down the card. And it's just it's hard to get really enthused with Latimer and Mike Knox and Molina. And, you know, it, and that's Judas. Yeah. And I get I get yeah. why they do that. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's. It just it makes some of these big because those are the people that they think are the stars, but like it makes the last half of the card usually much much worse than the first half of the card. Yeah, they're just not he good wants, wrestlers. They don't look like they're in. You know, I don't know. It's 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 tough. I don't know. Listen, he he wants Tyrus on TV in front of eight hundred thousand people every night with that title over his shoulder. That you know, so I don't think the Tyrus push is going to stop. Do I think those reverse mortgage motherfuckers that are watching Fox News at 11 o'clock at night are going to subscribe to the NWA on fights? I don't. But that's the idea behind that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You just kind of have to understand that that's the mindset. Um, And, yeah, the other guys are all friends of Aldis and friends of at Billy from the TNA days and. I guess he feels like these are good, solid veteran hands. And in some ways they are. But um, the TV show is just beyond dreadful. 
it's worse than NXT 2.0 in a lot of ways. Um, and I was expecting this pay-per-view to be my breaking point. I was expecting to come on here today and say I finally unsubscribed to the fight show and I can't do it anymore. But the pay-per-view wasn't that bad. They 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 kept me as a customer with this pay-per-view. Can you believe that? They have kept me as a customer with this pay-per-view, this Hard Times 2. So uh, I'm going to stick. And now they're starting this new show that's going to be free on YouTube again, which I think is a smart move, actually. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think that is probably a better way to do it. I, the fight is just, you're just limiting, you're just so limiting the amount of people that are going to be able to find your stuff. Yeah, so I think they're doing two shows now, the fight show, and now they're going to have this YouTube show, what is it called, NWA USA or something like that. Um, but that's starting, I think, this week, as a matter of fact. So, um, you know, I think that's a good idea because, you know, I think they lost a lot of, of, uh, attention they were getting in the space when they weren't free on YouTube anymore. But at the same time, the show has been so bad. Maybe it's better that it was hidden because it really is atrocious. It's, it's some of the worst wrestling I've ever seen mm-hmm. season six of the NWA. It's, it, it's maybe the worst wrestling television show. It's just irredeemably bad. That is NWA hard times too. Uh, real quick. We're, we're basically out of time. Do you want to real quickly go over uh triple mania? Oh, I real can fast? Do triple mania super fast. Yeah, go ahead. I worst did not see a year. second from Triple Mania, so go ahead. Worst show of the year. Really? Wow. The worst wrestling show I saw all year. Yeah. Everything sucked. A terrible show. Don't waste your time. Rich, I promise you, don't watch. You, there's no reason for you to watch. It's awful. Terrible. I hated everything on this show. Stunk. There's your Triple Mania review. <laughs> wow. Okay, so even the main event, not worth watching? No, oh, listen, if you want to watch a collection of spots where one doesn't have anything to do with the other and most of them were kind of pulled off nicely because okay. they're pros, sure, go ahead and watch the main event. But even Vikingo, who rules, like kind of did a mini botch at the end. Like, it's just not good. Yeah. And that was probably the best match. I mean, if you get off on L.A. Park ripping Kane Velasquez. Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of praise for this so far, so. FTR Lucha Brothers was the shits. I mean, I guess Dragon Lee and Jalistico versus Laredo Kid and Willie Mack was okay. That was okay. The rest of this was just, it was terrible. Like, the opener where, you know, uh, Porter Del Norte are usually very good. I like mm-hmm. those guys. They didn't have any of the fun or charm of the usual wild three-way six-man tag opener yeah didn't have any of that it just wasn't any fun at all the women's match as the triple a women's multi-women matches are always really bad this was no exception um sam adonis did a moonsault to the floor he was supposed to do it to uh chessman who was on uh gurney but he completely missed and just splatted on the floor it's just ugly stuff the mat that match stunk it was basically like four on three because Estralita kept getting involved, and there's just no. It's trip when AAA goes wrong, it's really like a terrible promotion. When AAA goes right and it's fun and it's wacky, it's a really fun promotion. But when it goes wrong, it's 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 unwatchable. This was like watching Game Changer at their worst. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, just kind of sloppy, weird, low-class kind of stuff, yeah. shitty, low-class, trashy wrestling is what this was. This was like watching a Game Changer show where it, it's like, I don't, I don't know, like most Game Changer shows, actually, to be honest. But it, it just it sucked. I hated this show. I had to take a couple breaks. It was, if I didn't do this podcast, I would have never finished this show. I hated it that much. Yeah, really. It was terrible. Awful. And that is it for the flagship there. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code voices. Double your first deposit. Patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. As we mentioned, the exclusive All Japan news, some exclusive audio, a lot of other great stuff uh, up there uh, as well. And uh, yeah, that is it for us. So uh, make sure you join voicesofwrestling.com slash discord. Patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. And uh, that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll talk to you next.